I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. Uh, we have another week this week that uh, Tom Bionic won't be sitting in for our interview. He'll be joining us back for the uh, news segment. Uh, we certainly miss him here very much and give a call out to uh, Brother Tom. But uh, we don't have much time to talk, uh, in fact, all this week because we've got a rather lengthy interview that's going to be a real change of pace. Uh, there's no Antichrist, no Nephilim, none of that this week, only uh, a real blessing of a brother who's out in the field making a difference in another part of the world. And it's something that's very timely in the news today, but I really think you're going to be blessed by what you hear this week. We're going to be talking to uh, Brother Mike Fitzgerald, who is the director of Linden Media in Iceland, in Reykjavik, Iceland. And we're going to talk about the Iceland financial crisis and its spiritual impact, a lesson for America. And it's going to be something very foreboding, but I tell you, you're going to be really blessed when you hear about God's hand at work. So with no further ado, here's Brother Mike Fitzgerald. I'm going to be right back for a quick wrap-up here on Future Quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future, and we normally would have Tom Bionic here. Uh, he will be joining us later for our segment later this week. Uh, but we have a wonderful guest with us that has gone to uh, special pains and special efforts to make themselves available uh, to us uh, while they're here stateside. We have an international guest with us. Uh, today we have uh, Brother Mike Fitzgerald, who is the director of Linden Media in Iceland. And we're going to be talking today about the Iceland financial crisis and its spiritual impact and a lesson for America. So I think it's going to be a very different kind of show, sort of a classic future quake. I know everyone's going to enjoy it. Uh, uh, Brother Fitzgerald, I just want to tell you, it's such an honor to have you on the future quake show, and uh, in particular to have a legitimate radio broadcaster on our show for once. Uh, you know, I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy the change of pace of having somebody who knows what they're doing here on future quake. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't know about that. It sounds like you're doing a pretty good job there, Mike, of, of bringing uh, a message uh, to the people. Uh, but it is an honor for me to be with you also and to uh, yeah address some of these issues that have, have uh, come on to, come in place in Iceland and, and and the implications that it could have for for America and the world because we are all interconnected in one way or another. That's right. And while that's the crux of our discussion, uh, I, I want people to think about some of the ramifications of your special ministry and the calling that the Lord has given you, your very special ministry in your area. And I want to thank you while you're here stateside to carve out some time. Again, you've never met me. Uh, I just chased you down and uh, asked you if, uh, if there's any way possible in your busy schedule of following up with your supporters and churches that are behind you and your Iceland ministry to uh, have time to spend with us because I, I really think you're in an important part of the world right now uh, that is experiencing something that's going to have an implication to the rest of the world itself, and there's a real lesson learned here. Uh, to, to begin our, our important discussion, and as you know, we have a lot of material to cover, could you please briefly share with us a little bit about yourself leading up to your decision to start your important current ministry? What happened up to that particular time in your life? Well, my wife and I have been in ministry uh, for over 35 years and have pastored three churches in America prior to going to Iceland 17 years ago. Uh, it was to, to make a real long story short, 
uh, I, I am a half Icelandic. My mother was Icelandic, oh. and I spent part of my life in Iceland as a child, and left there in 1965. Came back to the U.S. and went in the U.S. military and spent three years in the military. Then I, during that time, I met my wife to be, and uh, a wonderful young Christian lady who led me to the Lord. And uh, we entered ministry, like I said, 35 years ago, uh, as young individuals in our early 20s and um, we have uh, really enjoyed it but in in 1983 I took my mother's remain my mother passed away and wanted to be buried in Iceland so we returned her remains to Iceland and I connected with the church there and uh, for the next seven years as a pastor my wife and family we would go back and forth once or twice a year to Iceland and minister in the church, do youth meetings and Sunday school seminars, whatever we they felt we needed to share with them. Took several individuals with me to visit. Then in 1989, on a trip to Iceland, I felt the Lord impressing me to uh, resign our pastorate and move to Iceland and help them uh, for a short period. So in my wife and I discussed it and talked about it, and we decided in 1990 to resign our pastorate and move to Iceland uh, and to help them for the next four years to take one term, hmm. as we call it, in missions. Okay. And uh, so we moved there in 1990, arrived September the 16th, 1992, after taking two years of, of raising funds uh, to to go to Iceland and, and spend some time. And we've been there now 17 years. So you never know what God's going to do when you, when, you, when you just say, okay, Lord, I'll go. And we can put a time frame on it, but then uh, it, 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 it can change. And we, we've seen during the last 15 years some dramatic changes as we began uh, what we call Linden Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started with one transmitter in Reykjavik, Iceland, uh, broadcasting to the capital city. Uh, let me and, ask you first uh, – uh-huh. Why, now, I understand now why the connection with Iceland and why the Lord uh-huh. laid that on your heart. You have roots there and, and, and various things that have reestablished those roots. But why radio? Why did radio capture your, your thought in connection with Iceland? You already were doing pastoring duties there. Why did you make that leap? Well, you know, Mike, as you're involved in media and reaching out to people, radio is one of those, those vehicles, one of those tools that we can use to touch people in their homes, their cars, walking down the street, wherever they are. Uh, television is a little bit different. You have to sit in front of the TV and, and, and watch it. Uh, with radio, you can tune in for a short period and pick up something. When we went to Iceland, we felt, you know, being good ministers of the gospel or trying to be good ministers of the gospel, how are we going to reach this nation that is closed in because of the weather, living in high-rise condominiums and 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 uh, closed in their homes. How are you going to reach? How are you going to reach those people with the message of the gospel? Europe is all of Europe basically uh, has shut out the gospel. Right. Only three to five percent of of Icelanders attend church on a Sunday. Uh, five to seven percent, I understand, of Europeans, uh, according to some statistics, attend church. So to reach them. Uh, radio was a, a great means of doing it, and we we decided we would start with the capital city, and we did that. And over the next few years, we have added now, uh, just this last year, we added our 15th transmitter. So we're in 15 different places around Iceland broadcasting the gospel. 
Now, did Christian Radio exist in Iceland prior to you starting this ministry? There was a small Christian station there at one time prior to our coming. Uh, actually, it was in operation about uh, two or three months after we arrived, and then it went defunct. Uh, there were various reasons for that, and there was a big gap there of about two years wow. before we, we put another radio station on. And it was a scary thing for the small population of people to build a listener-supported radio station uh, the size of what we wanted to do. And people basically said, are you out of your mind? Do you realize what you're doing? And we said, well, we don't have anything now. We're going to try it. If it doesn't work, we haven't lost anything. And the people responded. The churches responded. And we've just seen it grow and grow and grow and now we reach about 90% of the population of Iceland. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, <clears throat> if people are telling you that whatever you're doing, that you're out of your mind, that makes you sort of a classic future quake futurian. Because if you've looked over the list of guests that we've had on our show, uh, uh-huh. they are the kind of people who are routinely told that for whatever reason they have chose to minister to the Lord. And uh-huh. it reminds me of the Hall of Faith in uh it was in the book of Hebrews where the, oh, these are yeah. people living in caves and people with good clothing, people thinking they're all crazy and insane. And the Bible <laughs> says it's the, the, the world was not worthy of them. And so we, we love to hallmark uh, people who are willing to do things that they feel God has laid on their heart, particularly when it goes counter to mainstream thinking and when they feel mm-hmm. like there's a need and a call that God's given. And uh, sometimes we just we try to give a little word of encouragement to those people who we consider very heroic figures and, and yeah. take the road less traveled in Christian service. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And, and, and we see some really exciting things developing in the church world today uh, as, as we take, as you, you know, you said, a new approach. Uh, we've got to sometimes think out of the box a little bit. The message doesn't change. Right. We can't change the message, but the delivery of the message has to change. Exactly, uh, and people are are looking for things that that will will change their lives. You, you uh, know, one of the silver linings you have where you are <clears throat> is that while it's it's tough not to have a large infrastructure of a Bible Belt styled evangelical community, <laughs> yeah. you're also uh-huh. liberated from the kind of peer pressure and the institutional thinking of well, we've never done it this way before. That can make uh-huh. it very difficult, even stateside, doing things. Uh, whereas, really, you, you sound like you had a clean sheet of paper to do things as the Lord led you to do it, and it may look very, very different from how it's done here, but all you had to worry about was the fruit that was born out of your service with the Lord, how you did it. Yeah, that, 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 has, that has been one of the things that we have been really thankful for, is the, is the fruit that has, been, that has come out, both in... Uh, reaching out to people and giving them, as we say, a message of love, hope, and peace, mm-hmm. but also how this has unified the the body of Christ in Iceland, because we we have taken the stand that we will be a neutral Christian ministry that is open to every Christian organization in Iceland. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a, the State Lutheran Church or the Free Pentecostal Church or the the Independent Charismatic Church or or the Free Lutheran Churches, or the YMCA, or the Salvation Army. If it's a Christian organization, we have opened our doors to them at no cost. We, we, we charge nothing for anything we do. Now, of course, we need support. Right. And they have graciously 
come on board and supported us because they see the fruit of this sure. in the fact that we we promote everything Christian in the nation. Mm-hmm. Concerts, seminars, church services, guest speakers, you name it. If if they will give us the material, we'll promote it and push it so, and have the guest on. So you've basically then become an icon of the Christian community to the rest of the population. I, I guess you could say that. That we yeah, we we have become the We've become the lighthouse uh, that on, on, the, on the shore of, of Iceland for the Christian community. And we have been accepted and li- we are listened to. It, it's amazing the people that listen to us. I run into people all the time uh, traveling the nation uh, that say, you know, we listen. We, we appreciate what you're doing. Uh, it's a, not, this is both Christian and non-Christian. Sure. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we run into people all the time that will share that, you know, what was spoken or the prayers that were prayed or the ministry that came forth from one of the Icelandic pastors or whatever. And they'll tell us sometimes, this changed my life. It changed mm-hmm. my outlook. It changed my, my thinking on the church. I, you know, they always right. think the church was fighting and carrying right. on. They, say, when they come together and they can, they can do something together, which has never been mm-hmm. done before in Iceland. Isn't it a shameful indictment that those outside the church body they wouldn't be as offended as much by our message as by our behavior, and the fact that right. uh, you know that, that we are more our own adversaries rather than <laughs> fighting people of a supposed different you know fundamental belief and worldview than ourselves, and, and the fact that we would uh, battle each other would be more of a detriment to the gospel than any of the other challenging message components yeah. of the gospel itself. But that's that's really food for thought there. And I, and I think that's true that we sometimes are our, our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you said, we 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 we're so much uh, bickering on the minors. You know, we we major on the minors, and you know, on these little small uh, disagreements or these these misunderstandings or or small tiny theological differences that really don't matter. Right. You know, it, as such, I mean, it we can get all wrapped up in that, but we need to. As there's a movie, you know, I think it was called Urban Cowboys or Suburban Cowboys, and these city guys go out and they go on a cattle drive, and the old mm-hmm. cowboy, uh, <laughs> he, he's always saying, you know, the main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing. I think that was and, Jack pa- Jack Palance, I believe. Yeah, 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 Jack Palance. You know, he, he always had that, had that finger up. You know, it's the That's... main thing. You know, and 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 finally at the end of the movie, you know, the guy says, I get it, I know what it is, I I, I figured. Out, you know, it was almost too late. Right. But he finally figured it out, and he goes back home, and his whole attitude has changed towards his family and mm-hmm. the dog and the whole thing, because he finally realized what was important, and what is important is getting the message of Jesus Christ to the nations, to the people, individual people, mm-hmm. letting them know God loves you and He's got a plan for your life. Amen. And 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 you can get it. You can. With all your quirks and failures and shortcomings and inadequacies, he still looks down and says, I love you anyways. Well, you know, that's, and, and, you know, I, I, I sense when I'm finally able to join the Lord that I'm going to recognize i got so many things wrong, as much as I love the Bible <laughs> and studying it, that I'm going to spend a lot of my time going around apologizing to everybody that I thought oh. was wrong, you know, other brethren. And so I'd rather yeah. just knock it off right now. And, and the other thing I find is that when we really get around really busy serving the Lord, we sort of run out of time for the bickering. 
because yeah, the fields is, are yeah. too white for harvest. I can remember going down um, to a mission house in Louisville where I grew up, and there's a bunch of churches, charismatic, non-charismatic, different mm-hmm. kind of denominations, with, with real differences, but there were so many needs that surrounded us, we had to drop our disputes for a while to go minister to people. And yeah, to actually yeah. focus and support each other and pray together that the Holy Spirit would move. And uh, I'm just so encouraged to hear that your ministry is really ministering within the body of Christ in Iceland as well as external to it. And I find that's a common thing when the Lord is really anointed a ministry that, that it usually yeah. has a duality like that. And when we drop when we drop that when we drop that 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 uh, antagonistic spirit, so to speak, and and we we will look at people that they're people. They're, it's a family. I tell people all the time. You know, the church is like a family. You're not going to agree all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I tell people. I said, you know, I don't even agree with myself sometimes. And I've been married now for 42 years to my wonderful wife, and she's the most precious thing that I have. And yet, we don't always agree. But we love each other, and we care for each other, and we, we, we watch over each other. And if, if she's hurting, I'm hurting. If I'm mm-hmm. hurting, she's hurting. And that, that's where we need to get in the body of Christ is the fact that, okay, we don't, dis, we don't agree on everything. We will mm-hmm. never agree right. on everything. Right. But we can, we can love each other and care for each other and lift each other up and encourage one another, as the Bible tells us to do. Mm-hmm. And, and we can minister to the people that are out there sick and groping around in the darkness. You know, Matthew, in, in the book of Matthew, you know, the Bible tells us there that Jesus said, you are the salt and the light of the world. And go into the world, go, in, go to those that are in darkness and let them see your good deeds and glorify or praise and worship your Father who is in heaven. Right. And we're so busy, you know, just trying to find all the faults and frailties. Let's yeah. just love each other. It, it must frustrate you when you hear about what's going on back in the church in the States to hear how much mm-hmm. focus and how much we dissipate our energy. You, you know, I have to remind myself that the body of Christ is an army that has been deployed on a foreign battlefield. The yeah. commander has sent us here. And I think about those poor guys there at the Battle of the Bulge, uh, hunkered down. You know, you had guys from the boroughs of the Bronx. You had uh-huh. hillbillies from the hills of Tennessee and Kentucky mm-hmm. all next to each other. Couldn't be as different as you could imagine, different worldviews oh, yeah. and thoughts. But they were down in the same foxholes, and they could agree that there was somebody out there shooting at them and that they better cover <laughs> each other's back because right. The, right. The, the better, the quicker they got the job done, the quicker they could be reunited back home. And I think yeah. if we would keep it in mind our wartime footing, that we need to knock it off sometimes for anything for just uh, cohesion of the <laughs> unit, you know, cohesion of the battalions and the units out there because we've got a job to do and we don't want to help the enemy uh, with his job against us any more than necessary. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I want to focus on the spiritual climate there in Iceland. Um, uh-huh. how, how You've been there a good while. Uh, have you noticed a change between... The spiritual climate, at least at least of those you come in contact with before you started in this mass media work, and what it is now. Oh, definitely, we we've seen an improvement. Uh, we, my wife and I, have talked often about this. Uh, that prior to the the radio station and going on, and that and we also have a small Christian radio uh, television station in Iceland called mm-hmm. Omega Television. 
that has been on about 17 years. We 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 just supply materials for them, and every now and then are host on there. But we, we're seeing the change. When we first came to Iceland, it was you know Iceland's a very small country, 300,000 people the size in a country the size of West Virginia, and they're scattered far and wide around the the exterior of of Iceland around the coastline, and they're very separated, isolated uh, during the the harsh winters and and, and that, but. In media, we can go in and we can share with them, both with radio and television, what's going on in the church world and talking about the different programs that are in the church, the youth program, the children's programs, the, the different masses, the alpha programs, all of these things. And with television, they can see things. And what we have done is we have broadcast live services from different churches. So they hear the, they hear these different services and they're saying, wow, there's a... There's a buffet of services out here. There's a buffet mm-hmm. of, of styles. They can watch television and listen to people uh, from uh, Charles Stanley and Robert Schuller all the way to Benny Hinn and Joyce Myers. Uh, and they see these different church services and worship services. Icelanders, when they would travel out of the country, would go on vacation. And they would go here and there. They would go to Spain, Portugal, Canary Islands. They'd go to... Disney World and Orlando, they would come to New York or Boston and go to Washington, but they wouldn't consider going to church. Mm-hmm. Now we have oh, just hundreds of people every year that call our ministry center and say, we're going to be going to this area in the U.S., or we're going here to Norway, or we're going here to Denmark, and we would like to go to visit a church, a church that is alive and, and functioning. We would like to go, do you have an address? Or they will call us and say, we have children that are going to be going to college or, or, or school in, in America. Do you know of a good church in the area that we can recommend to them? Mm-hmm. So they're looking outside their country. They have also brought many of these ideas that they didn't know about into the churches of Iceland. More uh, gospel music, Christian music. They would sing the old hymns with the organ. And right. now they have... We have Christian bands traveling all over Iceland, young Christian bands. We have uh, Christian singers that are giving out CDs and been focused on TV. And uh, we, we do uh, our, our annual Christmas concert is televised by the national television, played three or four times a year uh, or during the Christmas season. It's the number one watch show in the nation. Amazing. Uh, we, we're, we're picking up all these things, but not just that they're going out. But we see people coming to the churches. The statistics of church attendance from when we went 17 years ago, and this is all documented by the government. We have what we call the Hogstover or the Census Bureau, and they keep track of all of this. And they, they will report the, the, the change, the influx of new people coming and, and attending church, those that are registering in the church, those that are being baptized, those that are being uh, having baby dedications and, and all these things. And this is increasing year after year after year. Uh, we have an annual camp meeting that we hold every year at a facility mm-hmm. that we built in the country. And when we first started 17 years ago uh, with this, we would have maybe six, 700 people that would attend. We just finished our camp meeting the first uh, weekend of August, and there were almost 5,000 people that came through 
that facility in a four-day mm. period. Now, this is out of a population of 300,000, right? 300,000, right. And so we, we see a, a hunger, we see a thirst uh, for the things of God. Now, proportionally, for, I'm just thinking, if we're a nation of 300 million here, that would be yeah. comparable to having 5 million people pass through your camp in terms yes. of the proportional impact on your, your yeah. country. So yeah, and we so we see this hunger, and, and not everyone that's coming we would say is a born again believer, mm-hmm. but they come to the they come to this meeting because it is a non alcohol, it's a drug free, uh, alcohol free uh, uh, environment that has got a lot of things going for the youth and the kids, and you know we're doing videos and carnivals and we're doing concerts. Andre Crouch came this year <laughs> uh, and and did a concert for us. On Sunday night, and uh, it was it was wonderful. It was after we we missed this one. We just heard about it through mm-hmm. uh, our people that were there, and of course it's broadcast via internet around the world, uh, live through our radio ministry. But you know the the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere in Iceland is definitely much warmer today than it was 17 years ago. I remember riding in a taxi cab from the airport to my home. Uh, about, I guess it was probably 14 years ago, and I asked the taxi driver, I said, you know, in just conversation, I said, you know, do you attend church anywhere? And I mean, it was like a, a blanket came up, a wall mm-hmm. came up between us, and he he answered me with this. He said, what I do with God is between me and him, mm-hmm. and it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Today... If you ask an Icelander, I don't care where you are, they're much more open to discuss spiritual things. This is to discuss the church. Uh, like I said earlier, you know, I, we travel, my wife and I travel quite extensively in Iceland and, and all over, and we, we meet people all the time. They go, we know you. We know about your radio station. I was hiking in the mountains a couple uh, months ago and ran into a couple that was on their way up the mountain and they were struggling and huffing and puffing, and I came up behind them, and I said, well, you haven't done this too often. They said, no, this is our first time. And as we were talking, they said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I work with a radio station in, in Reykjavik. She said, oh, which one? And I said, Lyndon Ray. She said, oh, we know about that. And they were school teachers. He was the principal of a school in a small village on the uh, the west coast of Iceland. And we got to talking, and he said, oh, we listen quite often to your station. Not all the time, but we listen. And he says, it's very nice. It's very uplifting and positive. Keep up the good work, he said. And then we went on up the mountain. Hmm. But So the atmosphere has changed, and media has played a big part of this. And we feel that it's very important to use media to touch people where they are. Uh-huh. We we often say people are not coming to the church like we want them to, but we can go to them as we want to. Amen. And people are going to listen. They're going to listen just out of curiosity. They will listen. We're back here at Future Quake with Dr. Future. Uh, we just have a few seconds of time. We've got a, quite an extensive interview the rest of the week. We sure hope you enjoy it. We're just getting warmed up. But uh, Murph can tell you now how you can contact us here at Future Quake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. 
tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we've got to go. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome back to Future Quake. I am Dr. Future. Uh, again, as I mentioned yesterday, we are without our good friend, uh, Brother Tom Bionic, um, who could not be scheduled at the time of this interview, but will be joining us later this week. Uh, but we've had a wonderful discussion, and you've heard the first segment of it in our last segment. And we're proceeding again, our interview with uh, Brother Mike Fitzgerald, who is the director of Linden Media in Reykjavik, Iceland, a ministry in Iceland of radio. And we're going to be talking about the Iceland financial crisis and its spiritual impact, a lesson for America. Uh, this is going to be a, a show, as you will hear, uh, finding out what may be in store for us in the United States based upon the crisis that the people of Iceland have gone through. But there's a glimmer of hope because we see God's hand is work at the same time that times of great uh, financial distress are ongoing. But I won't spoil it. I'll let you hear it. So with no further ado, here's Mike Fitzgerald, and we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Future Quake. Well, let me let me ask you um, a, a, another aspect, then I want to move on on this. Uh, uh-huh. do, have you also seen it manifest in other cultural institutions, whether it be people in influence, uh, local or national government, or in education, or, or even raising up leaders in within the church in Iceland that are starting to have an impact beyond the confines of the country. Are you finding it's, it's advancing to that stage? Because it's obvious to me that even though you're on the edge of the darkness of Europe, you're uh-huh. a light that's shining brightly, and it's growing brighter every day, it sounds like. But is the next stage starting to emerge now where these leaders are beginning to come forward and expand your your impact externally? We 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 see we see our the ministry impacting uh, government leaders. We have we have uh, talked to different uh, parliamentarians of the old parliament. We haven't haven't had a chance to meet the new parliament, I and mean, we'll get to that a little bit later. But the old parliament. We we know many of the parliamentarians that were that listened to Linden Radio and were very encouraging and and helped us in a couple of aspects of of getting permits and stuff for different places because we, they were so positive towards us and then our influence outside of you uh, or outside of Iceland in Europe for instance the Faroe Islands uh, when we were there in 19 and uh, 98, we went there for a prayer conference and met several parliamentarians that were born again, and they asked us to pray for them that they could have Christian radio like we have in Iceland. And through that, it developed into the the uh, launching of of Linden Faroe Islands or the Christian radio station of Faroe Islands. But that was because they had listened to us in traveling to Iceland from Faroe Islands and said. We want this same thing in Iceland, in Faroe Islands that they have in Iceland. Praise, praise and, the Lord. You know, I wasn't going to bring the Faroe Islands up until the end of our interview, but since since you've raised that point, I think I mentioned uh-huh. to you the interview for reasons I don't know why to me right now. 
I became aware of that country, and I would say very tiny number of Americans are even aware of the Faroe Islands, from my experience. Right. <laughs> but yeah, they don't know about it. Yet. But for some reason, and that to me, I think, is one of their strengths. Uh, but somehow the Lord's just laid this on my heart about them. There's something special, and I don't know if it's something that will have any involvement with me in the future. But uh, and and all of my friends think I'm crazy uh, as well too, even in the church. <laughs> but but there's something that just tugged my heart about the opportunity was that was there when I've read about the people there. I understand that's a very very beautiful people, very wonderful people in a in a beautiful land, correct? Oh, absolutely. We my first trip to the Faroe Islands in 1998, uh, I went with a group of of leaders from Iceland uh, to this prayer conference that was being held there, and just fell in love with those people. There's only 45, 46,000 people that live in 17 little islands, and they're tiny little islands. Uh, some of the little villages are only 40, 50 people. Mm-hmm. The largest city, which is the capital, Torsum, uh, is about 15,000 people. And we, we uh, at in Iceland, we took it on ourselves to help them with their first broadcast broadcast equipment. But once they got the first station on or the first uh, transmitter on, they now have 12 transmitters and cover 100% of their their island nation. I mean, there's nobody that they know of in Faroe Islands that that cannot listen to uh, Christian radio. Out of the reach of the gospel. Now, wasn't it somewhat of a miracle on how they got Christian radio, wasn't there a number oh. of people? Because I saw your name mentioned in there of Christians who came together and, and, and bonded together in prayer and prayed for yes. the decision makers and actually prayed them to change their mind through the power of God oh, yeah. to change their mind tremendous. to endorse this radio station. It was a miracle. Uh, as I said, in 19, I think it was 1998 uh, when we went for this prayer conference. They, the the one parliamentarian there uh, who is also a, a medical doctor, and uh, he invited us to go to uh, – his name is Yenis Avrauna, and he is a parliamentarian with the Christian Party. And he invited us to go to the parliament building, and so we went to the little building there where they have their meetings, and he said, I want you to pray with me because three of the five committee members on this – uh, radio committee, or the, I guess it's like the FCC of, right. of, of Faroe Islands, they have been against us having Christian radio. They only had one station. It was the national station. And uh, they said, we, we have per- asked for a license, and they won't give it to us, so pray with us about this. So we gathered around, prayed for the, for the members, of this, members of this committee. So when they had broke for their break, they took their break, three of five out of five were against it. They came back, and they had another meeting, and four of the five said, oh, just give those Christians their their permit. They're never going to do anything with this. It's too costly. (laughs) It's too much. It's never going to happen anyway, so just, just shut them up and give them their permit. So they said, wait a minute, you know, before we broke, three of us was against it, now four are for it, and what's going on? They said, it's just never going to happen, just let them have it. We're having a hard time keeping the the national station going. So they gave them their permit, and it was about, I think it was right at a year later, 
I went down and helped them to raise some funds and raise some money, and then I raised some monies in the U.S. to buy the transmitting equipment and all that. We sent people down there to train them and work with them. And in the in the year 2000, it was in the year 2000 that they went on the air. And I believe it was February of 2000 that they went on the air. And the government came and said, how have you done this? And they just smiled. And one of my favorite answers in Iceland, when the people ask me how we've done it, I just smile and say, it's a God thing. That's right. And and they just they just looked at him and said, it's a God thing. And then they have they have been broadcasting now for uh, the last nine years and have, from what I understand, about 76% of the population of Faroe Islands listens to Christian radio, 76%. Praise the Lord. And, and they have, they're self-sufficient. They're self-supporting. Uh, they're actually doing so well that they have helped to launch in Greenland the very first Christian radio station in Greenland. And we we claim Greenland as our grandchild. Sure, sure. That our 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 daughter station or son station in Faroe Islands birthed a daughter or a son in Greenland. And now in March of this year, uh, 2009, a radio station called the Breath of Life uh, came on in Nuuk, Greenland, and they are broadcasting now. If I understand right, 12 hours a day. And have a tremendous listening audience, and God is moving and blessing, and so we're really excited about it. And they in Faroe Islands, their dream—you you were talking about reaching into Europe. Their dream in Faroe Islands is to put up a humongous transmitter up on top of their highest mountain and broadcast into Europe, from into the mainland of Europe from Faroe Islands. You just anticipated my question because, uh, and, and this this may be one of those God things, but uh, mm-hmm. I just see them like I mean obviously they've benefited from your leadership, and now you know the Lord's taken you and, and not only transformed a nation but a whole region of the world, but but now you've got a nation who many people don't even know exists and are there. They're they're curiously independent but small. And, and have had a Christian legacy in their nation, from what little I've read of them, but yes. but but because of their proximity, they can be a lifeline to the entire dark continent of Europe. We, we've had a number of European guests on here who lament the fact uh, 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 that there's virtually no Christian radio within continental Europe, and I don't know if it's because Very of little. EU regulations. Yeah. We we try to cover yeah. the news uh, internationally about the draconian laws within the European Union. Trying to stamp out things like homeschooling, uh, teaching of creationism, or any kind of things that have a Christian basis, uh, that even say that it's you know counter to democracy and these kind of things. Uh-huh. And if a little nation like Faroe Islands or Iceland would have a, a capability to 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 broadcast in there, it's amazing what could work like an underground railroad uh, to yeah, provide yeah. people and, and shine the light uh, that they mm-hmm. that they you know that they can't block. Uh, to these to these people, you know, and another area like that is is the fact that we have large numbers of immigrants. I understand coming into uh, laborers coming into the continent of Europe, yeah. many of which that have a Muslim background. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I know not all of them are Arabic speakers. There's a range of voices, but many of them would be from the Middle East looking for work. Uh, they uh-huh. are finally away from the, the countries that would severely curtail their ability uh-huh. to, to hear the gospel. Uh, are you envisioning ways that we could reach these people? They're within arm's reach 
uh, of what oh. you all can do in your media to be able to, to provide the gospel in their language in, in a free environment in Europe that God may be arranged for them to be sent to Europe so that they could be liberated with the verse of the gospel. You know, it's amazing that, that you, would, you would talk about that, of, of reaching in with different languages. We have been involved, as I said, uh, with a, a television ministry in Iceland called Omega Television, and we have been supplying uh, equipment and supplying expertise and, and helping with engineering, helping with whatever we can to keep the thing going. A few years ago, uh, they launched or they, they bought into uh, a satellite system uh, for over Europe, and at one time they were on three satellites. Now they've dwindled down to two because of uh, economics and programming, mm-hmm. and there's, there's several factors. But now they're on two. One of them is the Sky satellite right. going into uh, most of most of Europe as we look at Europe, 58 nations of Europe. But they're also on another station that is uh, broadcasting to the north on a satellite called Thor 2, and. They were both doing English-speaking material over all of Europe, over this 58 Mm. nations. But about two years ago, no, about a year and a half ago, they were looking at this. And, of course, you know, we have many Christian satellite uh, programs going into Europe. We have TBN and CBN and Inspiration and God Channel and all these different ones. Uh, But this one station called Gospel Channel uh, from Iceland is – has taken the step to turn one of their transmitters, one of their transponders, satellite transponders, uh, into a Scandinavian-based, uh, language-based satellite, which is not being done. So they're mm. giving the Church of Norway and Sweden and Denmark and Finland and, and Iceland and Faroe Islands, they're giving them an opportunity to broadcast uh, in their languages the gospel to their people. So there, and the Norwegian church has really jumped onto this, along with the Swedish church. And the Danish church is coming on and, and really starting to produce some programs. These little local churches have been producing maybe a small TV program for their local area. But now they have the opportunity for a minimum, I mean, a minimal fee to be on satellite television and cover their entire nation. Uh, we we at Linden Radio in Iceland are are built, we're we're in the process now of developing our own television studio where we will be doing a show uh, broadcasting into Europe in the very near future. That's one of the reasons we were home now is raising some funds for uh, some cameras that we need. We mm-hmm. have a lot of other equipment, but we we are we're looking at Europe and saying, okay, the darkness is covering Europe. Right. We know that. There is a, 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 a spirit of darkness, of sin, of, of, that is just covering Europe and is getting worse and worse and worse. They're legalizing so many things. Uh, drugs are legalized in many countries, prostitution, uh, all these different things are being legalized, uh, same-sex marriages, the whole thing. Well, somebody somewhere has got to cry out against this. In Europe, if you if you mention the word the word or talk about homosexuality, for instance, you can be put in jail right. on the airwaves. But from Iceland and from Faroe Islands and from these other places outside, we can still address this issue from a biblical perspective. It's not that we want to fight. Right. 
It's not that we want to hang on them. God loves, you know, he loves the sinner. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. But people and need to know he, the truth. People need to know the need truth. need to know the truth, right. Just right. like going behind the, uh, the iron curtain or the bamboo curtain and spreading the word yeah. of truth. People thirst for it. We used to do that into Cuba. Uh, he, he, you know, he couldn't stop all of the uh, broadcasting about the good news about Christ. And now we're finding a post-Christian culture in Europe that, mm-hmm. that darkness has descended. The churches have, have aged, as I understand, not all, but most of your classic churches are filled with older people. that They don't have the real life and step in them. Oh, and right. so people are not looking in those directions for answers. But when they hear the vitality that comes through radio and media, mm-hmm. there is a venue, and you're going to save a remnant that will not be a trivial remnant out of Europe. Oh, there will be large cities of believers in New Jerusalem based upon people who've heard your radio broadcast. Right. Newsweek, I believe it was. It was either Newsweek or USA uh, – uh, what do you call it? USA uh, – it was Newsweek. Did an article a couple of well, – it's probably been about a year and a half ago on the state of the church in Europe. And they went and they looked at these cathedrals across Europe that are being sold, and they're they're turning them into pubs and bars and discotheques and pizza parlors. And they were talking about that the church, as as they know it in Europe, this this uh, high steeple, few people cathedrals <laughs> yeah. are disappearing. But on the other hand, there's a new wave of church coming in. That is moving into the warehouses and and, and and other facilities that is booming because it is a live, vibrant, uh, believing, helping, encouraging, uplifting ministry. And it's something that young people are looking at mm-hmm. and saying, wow, I want to be a part of this. I mean, we, we were just in a conference in Oslo, Norway in May uh, a year ago. And they were talking about in, in Brussels, Belgium, in Brussels, there was an, uh, an African brother that came up from Africa who was a gold and diamond uh, salesman from South Africa. And he was selling gold and diamonds uh, in that area. And he was sharing how that he got there and started a prayer group. And this prayer group began to grow and grow and grow. And now they've got prayer groups all over Belgium mm-hmm. and France. And connected with that's over 33,000 people. Mm. In that in that that system, and we're going. Whoa, this is amazing! Uh, but your radio, be. your radio can support those yeah. groups and home churches. The the radio is, is can actually supplement and work directly with them, whether they have a brick yeah. and mortar exterior or not. It can provide mm-hmm. some standardized teaching, good quality teaching that can support e- even local house church type groups or, or prayer groups. Oh yeah, right. At just just the promotion of these groups and, and and telling where they are and what they're doing and and you know as as we're doing even in Faroe Islands they're broadcasting the church services we broadcast church services and camp meetings and and special events and seminars and things of this nature just to let people say wow there's something going on the church is not dead right the church is not it's just changed locations mm-hmm. it's just changed its face. And it, it's using the technology of today, radio, television, the Internet, uh, to touch people where they are, podcasting, all of these things. We must, we must use this to reach people. Uh, 
you know, people are so into into computer uh, viewing. Uh, they watch on their cell phones. Their you know the, uh-huh. the new iPhones right. and all these things. I mean, Earth uh, future quake uh, can be can be heard everywhere. This the radio station was at WNAZ there at the uh-huh. at the uh-huh. at the university, right. the Nazarene University. They could be heard everywhere, uh, but we have to use the technology to do it. That's and right. that costs money to develop it. It takes it takes uh, people to do it, and the young people today, Mike, you, you know as well as I do, young people today, they're into this. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. into this. We we met the Assemblies of God, which I'm a part of, the Assemblies of God of America, and we met with uh, two years ago over New Year's, and also this last year, this last New Year's, they met in Cincinnati, but two years ago. We met in Indianapolis, Indiana, over the New Year. We invited a group called Chi Alpha, which is a college-age right. uh, youth group or young people. I had involvement with them at college when I was in college with Chi Alpha. Yeah, well, Chi Alpha, we met. We had over 13,000, I believe it was, young people that gathered together over New, New Year's in Indianapolis. This year, I believe it was more than that. I haven't got the figures yet, but they, they, they gathered together. And we ask them, how can you use your knowledge, your expertise in Internet and video and all of these different things? And they have so many ideas. And over over 1,500 young people went online and registered, stating out of this group, over 1,500 came forth and said, we want to use our expertise to do something to touch our world with the gospel. We were shocked. Amen. And we pe- were shocked. People, people want, particularly young people, want to be productive. They want to yeah. use the skills they have. We know people right now who are yeah. just simply passing out DVDs with the gospel oh, yeah. message for pennies, for pennies, yeah. and they're just putting them randomly in place. They're scattering seed. So as they mm-hmm. scatter seed, there's some seed that's going to pop up. A lot of it's going to get washed away, but the, the seed that props up is a beautiful harvest that comes out of it. it it's a harvest, right? And we must sow more seed. We've got to sow more seed. And that's what we look at radio right. and television and all that. We're sowing seed. That's crop We're, dusting. We're, crop <laughs> dusting, yeah. That's, crop that's dusting it. in mass yeah. when you're doing that. Uh, I want to ask you one more quick question, then I want to move okay. on our second segment to, to where Iceland's at right now in its current crisis. Um, you have other ministries that you started. Uh, you, you said you got into video and television and even comic book ministries. Can you oh, tell us yeah. in just a few minutes about what all that's about, about how you've used <laughs> your creative thoughts to, to reach different segments of the culture? We, you know, we, we've always been and always desired to, to touch children. We know, you know, according to statistics, that you know, if you train up a child in the way that he should go, not the way that he wants to go, that he will not depart from it. It'll be there to haunt him the rest of his life or mm-hmm. her, right. the rest of their lives. And so we, we, we have tried to sow into the children of Iceland uh, in many different ways, we, uh, my wife, a few years ago, hooked up with a group uh, called Power Mark Comic Books, uh, and uh, it's a ministry uh, that a missionary put together for Malaysia, and uh, it's called Power Mark. A wonderful set of comic books. We did 12 of the 24, uh, one the first series, and my wife took the project on to translate and publish these 12 comic books. And each of these comic books uh, has three different stories in it. It's a story of good against evil, kind of a 
Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader type thing. Sure. And uh, but it was Mark Chen and Fang Shaw, and it was it was a story of the, the battle between them. And then there was also a Bible story in there, Abraham or Jonah and the whale or David and Goliath, uh, Adam and Eve, different different things. And then there was also the story of, of one of, of 11 uh, children that were from different parts of the world. They were from Egypt and China and from the U.S. and different places, Russia. And each of these children had a, a crisis in their life, a, a, a problem in their life, and how they solved that uh, through, through the Bible, through prayer, through whatever. So these three stories ran through this 12 comic book series, and it was it was it was so well received. And I thought that we are basically out of them. We we published uh, 7,000 sets uh-huh. of the book, and in Iceland, anything selling more than about 4,000 copies of anything is right. is a bestseller. Sure. And yeah. so it was it was a best it was a bestseller. Most of them we gave away, but. Uh, we we've sold them into into schools and the schools took them the libraries took them everybody wanted them and uh, so we're looking at maybe republishing that again because uh, it's not dated uh-huh. but it was a very 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 interesting comic book series we've also done DVDs for children because you know they're into this they they like this stuff we just finished uh, uh, a project in cooperation with Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, in Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, the Jesus film for children. Okay, it's an hour-long, sixty-minute video. We call it Jesus 101. Right, uh, it's the story of Jesus, but they have taken it and and uh, very uh, yeah. Uh, They've edited I, it in a way that it would be appropriate. Yeah, they edited it and they right. added they added children into it, and how mm-hmm. these children were sure. following Christ. And then they would go home and talk about this and say, you know, Jesus did this and Jesus did that. And we've, we've just finished that project and have been distributing them. And it's changing lives. One mother came to us and up to our ministry center and she said, you know, she said, my daughter, she's six years old and she's an expert on Jesus now. And we said, what do you mean by that? And she said, she's watched this film eight or ten times. And she's running around the neighborhood now telling all the other little kids, that, you know, Jesus, he fed the 5,000. He, you know, Jesus, he healed the blind man. And, you know, Jesus did this. You know, Jesus did that. And she says she knows all about Jesus now. And so the seed has been sown in this little girl. And not only them, but our, our national church leaders are coming saying, this is the greatest thing that we've ever had because it's the story of Jesus in a format that children will sit and watch. But and brother, we can use this, brother, use this in our confirmation classes, Sunday school classes, and everything. We're back at Future Quake with Doctor Future, and that was our second segment of our installment of our interview with Mike Fitzgerald of Linden Media in Iceland. I hope you are as blessed by it as I am. You could probably see this is something that's really touched my heart just by the nature of the comments that I've had. And uh, it's amazing to see when you turn your life over to let the Lord send you wherever he wants to and for whatever calling, that there are hidden blessings that are waiting for wherever we answer the call and wherever we allow him to take us. And uh, Brother Mike, as we see, is uh, his sown fruit that is bearing a witness not only in the adults of Iceland but in generations of children that are going to transform that nation. And I'd like to hear what you think about it, and Merv can tell you how you can contact us here at FutureQuake. 
Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the shows, topics, or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, it's the end of the line. we got to go. Until tomorrow, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future, and I'm flying solo today. Uh, Tom Bionic's not with us for the last two segments of our interview this week. Uh, He'll be joining us at the end of the week. But uh, we've been talking with Mike Fitzgerald, who is the director of Linden Media in Iceland. It's a Christian ministry and Christian radio and other media. And we've been talking with him this week about the Iceland financial crisis and its spiritual impact, a lesson for America. And uh, we've talked uh, about some just very wonderful inspirational stories about how the Lord has used some creative ministries uh, of Linden Media, including even comic books, to reach the young people of Iceland with the gospel and with the good news and transforming that culture. And uh, we'll be doing some talking now about the incredible challenges that they have and what we can learn from it. So with no further ado, here's Brother Mike Fitzgerald, and we'll be back to wrap it up here in Future Quake. Brother Mike, who was this? The saint, according to mythology, chased the serpents out of Ireland. His name escapes me. It wasn't St. George, was it, in the vernacular? You know who I'm St. talking George, about? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I know you're not, I know this is not all about you. It's about the Lord's work. But do you recognize uh-huh. all of these young children? And generations later, they're going to be members of the Reichstag, or not the, the Reichstag, the, uh, what, what is the parliament there? The part, yeah, they will be the part of the all think, yeah. Yeah, all think, yeah. The yeah. the uh, they're going to be leaders in your country, and uh-huh. for generations they're going to be transformed because of the comic book they read, or oh, because yes. of these stories they heard, and it will transform the entire society of Iceland. Iceland may <laughs> end up being the launching place to preserve Christianity, in that part of the world, right. and they're all going to look right. back on this man who came over from across the ocean and some people who helped him that started these radio stations. I would tend to think that that's a very successful life one could have. If the legacy of generations (laughs) would be that people, someone would venerate someone who answered and was obedient to the Lord and changed an entire generation and a culture and generations after that. Well, we, you know, we, we hope and pray that we have influenced and we, we know we have. And, you know, people will always come, they, they come to us and say, you know, we're so thankful and so blessed to have you and Sheila, that's my wife, in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And when we come back to the States, they, they're always telling us, please, please tell the people in America, tell the church in America how thankful we are mm-hmm. that they sent you to us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being a missionary, we are supported by the church in America. And 
A lot of things we do, a lot of things we, we give away are paid for by the people of the U.S., of America, mm-hmm. of the, the Christian people in America. And when, when, we see, when we see young people being changed, like you're talking about the comic book. Right. I remember one, one, one uh, lady sent us an email, and she said, my little brother, he's about 11 years old, I think, at that time. He got a set of these comic books. She said, and she was involved in the children's ministry in their church, this lady was. She said, he would have nothing to do with Sunday school, nothing to do with the church, nothing to do at all with with Christianity, nothing. But he got a set of these books, and he got to reading them. She said, and something happened in his life that he changed. She said, he now wants to go to Sunday school. He now prays before the meal. He now wants to pray before. He said, we sat down to eat one night, and, and, and they started eating. And he said, no, we've we got we to pray. We've got to pray over the meal. And they said, what do you mean? And he said, this is what he said to his sister. Power Mark would pray over the meal. <laughs> and she looked at him, so she said, what did you say? And he said, Power Mark would pray over the meal. And she said it, it reminded her that the effects of just a small gospel witness, a tiny light shining into this this 11-year-old boy, into his life, it changed him. So so via the weapon weapon of a comic book, the gates of hell could not prevail over that piece of humanity in that young man's life. And we hear this over and over and over of these little things that that change lives and a light shining in the darkness. I, I, I... you know, we've been talking about a lot of different things, but a few years ago, I, I went to a little island off the coast of Iceland called Westman Islands, and it's a little volcanic island that in 1973 erupted and covered the city, and they had to evacuate all the people off. It erupted for six months, and it's the Pompeii of the North, they call it. Nobody was killed. Everybody got off. But I went over there to replace a transmitter and antenna with our team, and we climbed up on top of the mountain, and I stood up there, it was winter, and it was dark, and I stood up on the top of that mountain, and I looked out at what we see from that island is the south coast of Iceland. And I looked out there, and in the distance, there was just a string of lights. It looked like little, you know, the little uh, white Christmas tree light sure. was twinkling in the darkness? It looked like that across the horizon, because the, the coastline of Iceland is about seven, eight miles away. And you could just see the string of lights all across the south coast of Iceland for several hundred miles you could see down the coastline. And I stood in the dark looking at that. And, Mike, when I looked out there, I thought, wow, this is beautiful. It was a beautiful, clear, crystal clear winter night. And I stood there and I looked at those lights in the darkness. And it was as if the, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And, you know, we all talk about that. And But it was just something that... that was stirring inside of my heart, and, and I, I felt that what the Spirit of the Lord was speaking to me, and he said, every one of those lights, every one of those twinkling lights out there in the distance represents a family, represents a home, represents a business, represents a farm. It represents individuals that live in those houses. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. You know, it's so beautiful looking out there. That's exactly then the, right. It was this, then the Spirit began, he said, from where you are now, on this mountain, putting up this transmitter and antenna, you have the responsibility, you have the opportunity to touch those farms and those homes with the message of Jesus Christ. 
And he said, I have given you that responsibility. And then it was as the Spirit spoke to me and said, be careful what you broadcast to those homes. Uh-huh. I, I was just so overwhelmed uh-huh. with that responsibility. And what you're doing through this, this uh, future quake, through your, your, your ministry, you will never know what you are going to speak into somebody's life. Just as we never mm-hmm. know what we will speak into a person's life in Iceland or in Europe or around the world as they listen by the Internet. Uh, we, we broadcast by Internet to the world, and we have people everywhere, Argentina mm-hmm. and New Zealand and everywhere listening to us. The Icelanders are scattered everywhere. But the responsibility that we have to bring a message of love, hope, and peace to the nations of the world, to the people of the world, is, is, is awesome. And we we have an opportunity through media to do this. It cost it costs mm-hmm. money. You know it. You right. know we never. I said I've never preached for money. Mm-hmm. I've never preached for money, but it takes money to preach. Right. And you know it, it 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 costs money to do this. We our budget to half a million dollars a year to run to do what we're doing. But God supplies the need, and He does it because He has called us. He has given us the opportunity. We have the responsibility of doing it. But when we when we hear the reports of of young people, middle aged people, older senior saints coming back to the church, their faith being renewed, when they call us and say, Because of what you have been doing through Linden Radio we are back in the church. We, our marriage has been healed. Our, our family is back together. That's, that, that to me is, that's our payday. That's, right. our, that's our reward. And in, we get weary. We get tired. And I know you do. Sure. Um, we can get tired. But when we hear these stories, it, it, it revitalizes us. It charges our batteries once mm-hmm. again. And that's what it's all about. There'll, there'll be a day. There'll be a day when the battlefield's over and there'll be no one left to rescue. Amen. We will <laughs> we will have we will have rescued all there is to rescue. There'll be nobody yeah. clinging with their hand out for us to mm-hmm. pick them up. Uh there'll be a time to rest and for us there to enjoy be, yeah. the rewards. Mm-hmm. But it's not that time, is it? No, it's not that time. We we've got we've got to be about the work. And you know, we got to, as the Bible says, you know, we got to work while it's still day, for the night cometh when no man can you know, and, do anything. And, and I was, said earlier, the, the harvest, the harvest is white. You know, we've right. got to reap it. White into harvest. Let, yeah. let me ask you about a crisis that the that the whole nation has been going through. We cover all things, not only national but internationally here on Future Quick, because we have a lot of international listeners from South uh-huh. Africa to the Ukraine to Australia. Uh, and we cover the phenomena that's been going on, particularly the worldwide economic crisis. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, boy. <laughs> my, our co-host here, Tom Bionic, is an economist by training, and uh-huh. so he, he adds some extra fervor to it. And we've been watching what's been going on in Iceland and reading regular storylines uh, oh, periodically boy. about the upheaval, political upheaval, other kind of things uh-huh. going uh-huh. on. Can you give us a little synopsis? Uh, you're right there in Ground Zero. What has happened? What what has happened because of all this, and why? Oh my! It, it 
In, in a nutshell, October of 2008, Iceland went bankrupt. Uh, we they they just disintegrated. We were at one time, uh, according to one uh, UN report uh, a few years ago, I believe it was 2007. I think it was a UN report come out that Iceland was the best place in the world to live. <laughs> we had the highest, one of the highest, if not the highest, standard of living and and living conditions in the world. A land of of just Milk and honey, a land that was just flowing with blessings from everywhere. In a year later, in October of 2008, we were bankrupt. Somebody said that it, at, in 2007, we were on the top of the economic scale of the world. In 2008, we landed in the bottom five countries of the world financially. Mm-hmm. We're down there with Haiti and, and mm-hmm. Jamaica and, and Tanzania. We are... Seriously, we are broke. Uh, How did that happen? Is, what happened? What's the understanding of what caused that? In 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 one word, greed. Mm-hmm. Just pure greed. Yeah. They 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 they. What happened? Money money began to flow, and they they uh, privatized the banks. They took it out of the control of the of the government. And sold it to some individuals, and from what I'm hearing, some people say that it was 12 individuals that basically bankrupted Iceland. They went on a feeding frenzy because they had been able to buy the banks, uh, and with that that clout and the collateral of the banks that they had uh, of several billion dollars in collateral, and that they went on a feeding frenzy, and their goal was to buy and and become the possessor of more companies and more uh, banks than any other individual in the world. And it was working. It was working for a long time. But then they got spread so thin that it all came back uh, to bite them. As they said, you know, one guy said they had the tiger by the tail and the tiger bit them. Mm-hmm. And they were they were just buying up banks, buying up shopping centers, buying up hotels, buying up this, that, and the other. Uh, the kroner was so strong against the other currencies, then all of a sudden, it crashed. A year ago, the kroner was at 60 kroners per dollar. Uh, or yeah, 60 kroners per dollar. Today, it's 125 to 130 mm-hmm. kroners per dollar, and. What that did was they had borrowed so much money outside the country against what they had that some some have said we, we are as much as 11 times the GDP in debt to the world, 11 mm-hmm. times. Somebody said just yesterday that if we were to pay back everything that is owed, it's going to take 40 years to do it, 40 Inflation has gone crazy. Unemployment is the highest that it's ever been in Iceland, some almost, I think, 18%, 16 18%. It had gotten up to, I think, 22%. But we had so many foreigners mm-hmm. leaving uh, the country, going back home, that it has created a few extra jobs. And so mm-hmm. they're doing that. And so many people have left the country. But it, it's just a, a big, big mess. Inflation is uh, crazy. It's uh 
food has gone up 40%. Gasoline is now running about 6 to $7 a gallon uh, with a dollar it is, which a dollar is twice what it was a year ago. Uh, one, one figure I heard was that 70% of all of our businesses in Iceland are technically bankrupt uh, because of debt. 40% of all of our homes are bankrupt. Uh, building after building, house after house is sitting empty, unfinished, because the companies have gone bankrupt. The government uh, took back the banks. They nationalized all the banks again. And I believe just recently one of the banks was sold off to a German bank, I believe. I think it was Deutsche Bank that bought uh, one of the banks at a fire sale. It happened basically, well, it took time, but we learned of it overnight. Mm-hmm. And the, the the government was saying, oh, we're fine, we're we're uh, we're sovereign, the banks are doing great, all this money's flowing in, but they didn't count in the overall debt. Yeah. And uh, so it, it just it just fell apart. What? And when we look around the world, it's not just Iceland. It's the world that's on the brink of disaster. What you just described is the same description we've covered here about the United States. Uh, they've taken the same rosy attitude here while we've been able to uncover the same problems. And I'm assuming we're just a few steps behind Iceland in having this happen. They're, they're running out of shells in the shell game. Uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But what That's kind what of we pro- said. It was, a, yeah. it was a, you know, the three shells, money, money, who's got the money, you know. Right. And, it, uh, and there was a hole that was that every time the shell goes over it, it sucks off the money, you know. What has happened politically? What is, has there been a price paid by politicians for letting this happen? They, run that by me again. It, it, it's caused some upheaval even within some of the political leaders as well, too, right? Haven't some oh, of them yeah, been we, thrown out because of this? Our our, our government leaders, uh, the old government uh, from 2008 in January, February, they walked out. They quit. There they was so much protesting and so many uh, different things going on and these revelations of what was going on. They couldn't handle it. They, they, there, was, there was and is no answer to what's going on. Uh, we just got a new government in June, and of our 63 parliament seats, 42 of them are brand new. Okay. And that would be like uh, if right. uh, three-fourths of the Senate was to walk out and we replaced them with people off the street. Because there's no confidence in the people there's, there before. There's no and they're they don't know what to do. They have mm-hmm. no idea what to do. Now they are are uh, applying for admittance into the uh, European Union, the EU, and in looking at this and looking at all the ramifications of that, I think it was, if I understand right, 62% of all Icelanders saying, no way, we don't want to do it. Right. So it will be, if, if they accept our application, which more than likely they will, they will uh, have to bring it back to the people for a vote. And from every indication, if they do it quickly, it will be voted down. If they prolong it and push it uh, for another year or 18 months or something like that, it probably the people will be so tired and so worn down and so uh, hopeless sure. that they will just grasp at anything, and they, sure. they will they will vote it in because they will look for some kind of of rescue plan. Well, uh, and when that happens, they'll start putting all of their 
restrictions on freedom of speech, on probably even trying to restrict radio and these other kind of things. So everything will come under the EU, and yeah, everything everything will be come under new laws, and and we've already absorbed a bunch of the laws, and, and uh-huh. that because of of the the, the EEC that we're a part of, mm-hmm. the European Economic Community, uh, they have already uh, absorbed a bunch of these rules and regulations from the EU just to stay in in tune with what's going on. But it won't make a big change. The big change will be in our fish. Uh, because of our fishing rights and the right. fishing waters, and uh, also in farming, it will destroy basically our farming, and because we can't compete with Spain and Portugal and sure. and France and and you know Holland, and there's no way we can compete with them in the in the farm uh, farming market. Well, Fish, I, 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 I sure I sure hope I sure hope you keep good contact with your brothers and sisters in the Faroe Islands because if there's a oh, restriction yes, yeah, on your free expression. Uh, if if EU membership comes away of Iceland, uh, it may narrow down the choices of being which you may have information coming back from there back to Iceland. Uh, the way things go, you know, and and when we look at the future and God's prophetic plan, uh, yeah. we we know that the great city Babylon, uh, where it says that the great kings of the earth and the merchants of the earth conspire together, by mm-hmm. which to deceive the nations of the earth, and they're using these economic crises as a means by which to put that plan together. And it, it, it all plays together, yeah. They don't need they don't necessarily need armies coming across the ocean to conquer countries. They're doing this economically in the boardrooms. Yeah. Uh and I, were people able to get their money out of their banks? Did, did they shut down <laughs> or were they able to recover? We we for a time period you couldn't get money out of the, I mean you could money Icelandic kroner you could get to live in the country. But to get foreign currency it, you couldn't do it. It was okay. not possible. And then they finally opened that up to some degree uh, during the the major part of the crisis. Uh, you could get money out for food, medicine, and fuel mm-hmm. to import that. And now there's, they've opened it up a little bit more uh, for some of the necessities that we can get in, uh, some building supplies. I mean, plumbers were running out of repair parts for the toilets. I mean, you couldn't even get your toilet repaired because they ran out of parts. People never uh, think about those trade, kind of things, yeah. yeah. The building trade is basically dead in the water. Uh, there's some people are, or just like in America, they're doing more repairs and home remodeling and things mm-hmm. of this nature as they can instead of instead of selling and, well, you can't sell because everything is basically right. worthless. Right. Um, and you can't get a loan for a new house or anything, basically. But... Uh, they're living. Our 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 former prime minister here, he he uh, he made a statement in one of his last speeches, and one of the one of the statements that really stuck out was, he said, "We must pray, we must seek the help of the Almighty, we must listen to what He has to say, and do what we need to do to rebuild Iceland." And he said, oh. "Iceland will survive." Our forefathers came a thousand years ago across the sea with just what they had in their boats and on their backs, and they built this nation out of nothing. We have now power, housing, food, fish. We have one of the great nations of the world. We don't have to worry about being cold. We don't have to worry about being hungry. We will rebuild it, Mm -hmm. but it's going to take some time. And then in January, February, they all stepped down. So... 
you don't know what to believe. You don't know what to sure. believe. And we, we at Linden Radio, in uh, right after the crash in October, we we got together as our our staff and our advisors and our board, and we we decided we would become the positive voice in Iceland. Mm-hmm. That we would become the voice that says there is a way out of this. It's through humbling ourselves and seeking His face. It's through prayer and interceding in behalf of our national leaders that they would what is right. Not necessarily that we would agree with it, right. but that they would do what was right and that they would make right decisions. We have gone to the parliament and prayed with the parliament and prayed with them. When I get back in October, uh, we have a meeting with, or we're inviting all of our of our parliament to a special dinner and lunch or a lunch, whichever fits in their schedule, to pray with them and to pray for them. No political agenda. Sure. Just praying for them and blessing them and praying God would, would lead them and guide them. And we've had many of them have called and said, we appreciate your prayers. We appreciate you standing with us. You know, and we promote this on the air, that we, we as Christians are obligated by Scripture mm-hmm. to pray for those that are in authority over us, that God puts in and God takes out. And we tell our people we must know what's going on around about us, but we must also look up. As David said, I know where my strength comes from. Right. It comes from the Lord above. Right. But he you know, our help. Lyndon yeah. was prepared for a time such as this. I know oh, you would yeah. have never yeah. wished for this to come on the people of Iceland. You love them too much. It sounds much mm-hmm. like what, what we've heard of the Great Depression uh, mm-hmm. of our times. But the Lord got you prepared ahead of time and established as a yeah. voice in the conscious of the of the country. Mm-hmm. So just much like what, what I've heard about FDR's fireside chats and, and uh, you know, Winston Churchill's uh, communication to the nation, they tried to be voices of comfort during very yeah. trying times. How much more so we need a Christian voice of people who can, can turn hearts toward things eternal and the fact right. that, that you can tell them that there's a God that is control of everything. Mm-hmm. And that when we seek his face, he will make sure, maybe not on our timetable, maybe not to the full blessings right. uh, that yeah. we think, material blessings, but that he will uh, you know, help us persevere and endure and he even will. prosper yeah. in due course. And so it sounds like to me that there's something that's going to be happening on a national basis. And this is what I suspected based upon God's placement of you all there at this critical time to get this mm-hmm. entire nation through this time. I, I'm much more worried about the United States of America than I am Iceland because yeah. it sounds like you have a proper relationship with your government and, and hopefully uh, government officials here that sometimes I don't think have as sinister motives as some of the mm-hmm. ones that I see in both of our political parties uh, and have more globalist agenda. I, I think you uh, probably have a, a lot of folk there who really care about their, their, their fellow neighbors in Iceland uh, yeah. and maybe were naive at worst. And uh, now they need to draw together and feel like someone is supporting them to help see to a brighter day. I'm afraid we're going to have a much more uh, violent recourse here, uh, much more difficult uh, stand for people. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. Uh, we've talked a little bit this segment about um, some of the horrible things that have happened in the nation of Iceland financially. Um, but we're going to hear some blessings that are going to come out of it uh, as we conclude tomorrow. 
they are going through a crucible of challenge economically that our nation is right behind them going to go through. And uh, it's very instructive to hear what we're going to have in concluding this interview over the next uh, day or so. But we'd like to hear what you have to think. So, uh, Merv, would you please tell our listeners how to contact us at FutureQuake? FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the shows, topics, or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Got to go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the last segment of our interview. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future, and we are entering the last installment of our interview this week with Mike Fitzgerald, the director of Linden Media in Iceland. It's a Christian media in radio and now in other media. Uh, and we're talking with him about the Iceland financial crisis and its spiritual impact, a lesson for America. And uh, we're going to talk about how this terrible challenge that we talked about in the last segment is creating a special spiritual climate and an opportunity for those of us who are willing to minister. And it's likely those same opportunities are going to be present here. So uh, let's go straight to our discussion with Mike Fitzgerald. And in conclusion, we'll wrap it up here at Future Quake. And as far as people's individual spiritual condition, have you been able to find any kind of markers or indicators of of marital or domestic problems, uh, psychological issues or things? Since oh, you've been we, going we, through this, yeah. is this a big story in Iceland? It, there, there's a there's a, uh, a storm that it's, it's blowing across our country, and we've had you know people have committed suicide. Yeah. One of my uh, dear friends is a family counselor. He said he's never been busier in all of his life uh, with people coming to him for counsel and for help. And he's a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. And they're looking they're looking for hope. They're looking for answers. You know, you were talking there earlier about you were concerned about America, and we we were concerned even before the crash of, of 2008 when everything fell apart. And through our, our ministry, uh, we, we implemented in January of 2008, before this crash, before anything, we my wife felt impressed to begin a ministry called Standing in the Gap. And, you know, in Isaiah, it talks about, you know, I look for a man, stand in the gap, make up a hedge, and pray for the nation that I wouldn't mm-hmm. destroy it. So she she implemented this thing, and we've promoted it through the radio station to pray uh, for the street that you live on, to take the street you live on and pray for that street. Pray for the homes, pray for the businesses, for the schools, for the churches, for whatever's on your street, and just pray. And every Thursday was stand in the gap day. We pushed it on the radio. We pushed it in the churches. We pushed it everywhere to stand in the gap. And this went on from, from it's still going on today. We're still standing in the gap. We're still doing this on Thursdays. But in September of 2008, 
some of our national leadership, our Christian leadership, came up with the idea to implement, along with standing in the gap, to do a gatekeeper's prayer meeting for the, for the leadership, the Christian leadership yeah. in Iceland. So we gather together at noon on Wednesday and pray for the gatekeepers, praying for our parliament, praying for our bankers, praying for our our city officials, praying for the people that, that make the decisions in regards to our nation. And we saw that in September. Then in October when it crashed, we called the parliament and said, okay, this is what we've been doing since January and in September, and we will continue to pray for you every Wednesday, every Thursday that we're praying. We would like to come to the parliament building and pray during one of the sessions of parliament. And they said, we would be delighted to have you come. We need all the help we can get. And so we went as a bunch of ministers, all of the pastors, and well, not all of them, but a majority of the pastors and leaders, we went and we took over the balcony overlooking the, the, the parliament seats in the, in the hall. And, of course, we had to be very quiet. We couldn't have, you know, a loud, boisterous prayer time. But we did that beforehand. We prayed outside before we went in. And then we went in, and while they were in session, we were praying. And it was amazing. I mean, the news, the, the, the national news focused in on us and talked about, you know, the leadership of the state of the churches have come together to pray for the parliament. And it was a very positive thing. And I think the same thing can happen here in America. The, there are Christian values still out there. And I know we have the, the, you know, the family coalition and you've got the American Family Association. You've got focus on the family. You've got all of these different entities and ministries that are, are influential in the nation. And they're mustering together people and people are fed up with all of this. They're, they're looking for answers. They're looking for hope. They're looking for that. And if we will band together, you know, uh, the Bible tells us in Second Chronicles 7, 40, if my people, if we as Christian people will humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, seek his face, he will hear and he will heal our land. He may take us through a disaster. We didn't realize uh -huh. what we were when we were praying where we would end up. But we were praying that God would clean up the, the government, would clean up the corruption, would clean up. Uh, the, the mismanagement of all these things. We were praying for that, and he did it. Huh. I mean, we believe that we believe that this is the hand of God that has slapped our nation down to the bottom, so that He can rebuild it. Well, and, I, I sense though that that the best days in the nation of Iceland are just starting. Yes. If, if things we like this are happening, we're not looking at the balance sheet, not looking at the <laughs> economic, okay. Because the economic yeah. will eventually get in line with what's happening between the, between the yeah, ears. But but it sounds like the best shining days of Iceland are yeah. now there when you have leadership that is willing in humility to lock mm -hmm. arms with, with spiritual leaders in the country and others. And everyone comes forward and says, we need divine intervention for help. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not going to bore you with some of the things we talk about here on the show because... Uh, sometimes we, we, our niche has been to point out some of the things mm -hmm. that disturb us, even sometimes within our own ranks, about um, the evangelical force, which is very strong in America, getting so strong and trying to get political power 
and sometimes uh-huh. endorsing things that the Bible may not be willing to endorse just so yeah. they can maintain their political power. And, and there's a lot of more complex dynamics that are going on instead of everybody pulling the rope in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have the other problem we have is international. We we do things on an international basis that serve the agendas mm-hmm. of some people. Sometimes it's Christianized, but the fact of the matter is, we not only mess up what we have here in our own country, but we spread our mess up to everywhere else around the world too. Right. So we struggle yeah. with a very very complicated things on the show. And, yes. And have to tiptoe carefully like a minefield of saying things that are constructive from a scriptural viewpoint and from the, and from the role of the body of Christ. But but in your situation, you're left with a situation where everybody's almost lost everything. Yeah. And nobody has anything except each other. Uh, and they've, they've turned their heads up. A, a culture that I understand that has had a presence of a church, per se, but not mm-hmm. what we would consider a born-again, spirit-filled influence to a large degree in the nation until recently. So it looks like God has given you a ministry that you've willingly accepted at just the most exciting time in the history of our globe. You have an entire nation and a whole sphere of the world that is ready to change. Mm -hmm. And and, and when they change, they're going to be a light to the rest of the globe around them once they get to this. We have to be. Yeah, we, we have to be. I mean, no matter where we live, we have been, you know, you let your light shine in the darkness. That, mm-hmm. that it has to be that way. And God has a plan. God has a plan for America. He's got a plan for Iceland. He's got a plan for Europe. He's got a plan for Africa. He's He's, he's got a plan. And we just have to be willing to say, "Here am I, Lord. Use me." Uh, and 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 be willing to step up to the plate and say, "What can I do?" Whether it's to pray or to preach or to to give to support ministries, uh, media ministries that are getting the message out there, uh, doing different things. It's important uh, to keep these things alive and functioning because this is a voice that that is being listened to, maybe Mm -hmm. not by millions of people, but Mm -hmm. by by thousands of people that are saying, we can make a difference. One can make a difference. Well, what do you recommend... The Americans do right now, based upon what you've observed in your experience in Iceland and the church as well. What can we do? I mean, you, you, you've alluded to some things we need to do. Is there anything else you could succinctly summarize that we need to look to employ to, to, to maybe temper a little bit some of the, the hard times that you all have experienced? And if that's inevitable, at least be able to endure it based upon what you've seen as successful? You know, It's very kind of just trite. You hear it all the time. Humble ourselves and pray. Seek his face. He has a plan. Keep the faith. Don't let go. Some I I remember some years ago, a wise old old Christian man said these words to me. God can pull you through anything if you can stand the pull. If we (laughs) let go of his, if we if we let go of his hand, if we let go of his hand. When it gets our darkest, we're in big trouble. We, we've got to hold his hand. And darkest of night, when we're the, we're the, the, the fear is raging around us, we need to realize that God is still with us. Mm-hmm. God has not forsaken us. We may have forsaken him, but he has not forsaken us. And he still, as the prodigal son's father, stood outside the house looking for him to come home. And when he finally saw him, he said, my son that was lost has come home. 
bring out the garment, bring out the fatted calf. We're going to have a party because he's come home. I believe that God is looking on this world and he's looking for a people that will look up from their 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 the slavery of, of, of debt, the slavery of, of uh, indifference, the mm. slavery of, of mm. whatever. Materialism. Look up. Yeah. yeah, materialism. Oh, yeah, we, we've lost everything in Iceland. Our people were some of the proudest, and they, they ran around with their head up. We're buying the world. Mm-hmm. Today, they can't buy a Coca-Cola in Denmark. I mean, it, well, they can, but it would cost right. them a fortune to right. do it. Right. And they have they have been humbled in the eyes of the world, and their their pride is gone. But they will rebuild because we believe that God has a plan for them. We're a part of that plan. We mm-hmm. believe that mm-hmm. that God has put us in a place. One of our leaders came to me just before I left on this trip, and he said, "Are you and Sheila going to leave us?" And I said, "And I said, what, what do you mean by that?" I said, "Do you want me to leave? Are you tired of what we're doing? Are you you know you want to?" You, you want us to leave? He said, oh, no, but things are so difficult today in Iceland financially. And I, I looked at him and I said, my friend, for the last five years, we have struggled the other way. When the dollar was so low, we couldn't hardly make it. But today the dollar is strong and we're doing well because we're paid from from America. We, we get I'm, I'm, I finally got a raise after six years. I'm going, praise God, you know, I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, But with everything rising and the cost of everything rising, uh, we've had to trust God. And we are trusting God to make a way mm-hmm. because we're, we're going to keep going. But 85% of our budget came from Iceland. And right. that, that's beginning to diminish and shrink. Sure. So we're having to look to some other places. But God is our source. And he, he it, it's not the it's not the U.S. government or the Icelandic government or the bank or 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 the stock market or what. If we trust in that, if we trust in that, you know the Bible says some men trust in gold and, and horses right. and, and 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 weapons and so forth. But we trust in the, the name Lord. in the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and yeah. some in horses. But we will yeah we will uh, trust in the name of the Lord our God. Yeah, and Proverbs 14, uh, 34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we've got to get the sin out of our lives, the sin of greed and materialism and looking to mammon and looking to this, and we've got to look to God. Well, I'd certainly recommend, as you have your video production equipment right now, uh, a gift that the people of Iceland could give to the people of America is if you could let your cameras roll and do a little brief documentary uh, to be seen over here in our churches or elsewhere online with Uh the testimonies of the people of Iceland that have seen how quickly all these wonderful trinkets that we buy and all of us around the world do it (laughs) and how quickly they go, how much we invest ourselves, our identity, uh, our future. We we turn aside from other important things for them and and how they go like a vapor. And suddenly Mm -hmm. you're left just with you and your family and God. And and if their lesson could be be brought back here, that would be a tremendous gift to Americans if they could maybe learn. I, I, I it may be too late for us to avoid what's going on. The, the problem is is not only if America goes through this, they may not handle it as well. But secondly, it will affect other regions around the world too. And when when America sneezes, everyone catches a cold. And so yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's important for everyone in the world. 
that uh, we can get the people here to get their act together in America. And the people in Iceland, as they see light at the end of the tunnel, uh, any mm-hmm. kind of lessons learned that you can continue to provide back to us, particularly ones that have a spiritual component, we would certainly appreciate that. Oh, hey, we'll be in touch for sure. What do you think and, about the uh, future of the Islam, of the, Islam the Icelandic people, uh, both as a nation as a whole and in the church? The, the Icelandic people will survive because they have a strong uh, disposition to survive. They have survived some tremendous hardships through the years. Uh, they, 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 you know, sociologists say there's no real reason for those people to be on that island. It's not logical for them to be on that island. But they have they built a nation out of nothing, and now they have basically everything they have need of. We have great homes. We have plenty of of electricity and heat. We, I mean, God has blessed us with a a built-in hot water heater underneath our nation. It just generates millions of gallons of hot water every minute and, and we we have enough power through all of that to to keep us we're, we're self-sufficient in that we have to have more power than we need we can ship it to europe and if we could get it over there mm-hmm. we have fish we have lamb we have uh greenhouses growing enough vegetables to keep us alive the only thing we really need to buy is is fuel and mm-hmm. we're going to electric cars and hydrogen cars we will make it we will right. survive right we will come out on top but I believe through all of this, they have learned some very important lessons that it's not in what you have uh, mm-hmm. materially that matters. Our government back in May, they did a, a survey. They did a, I guess you would call it a survey, of, a, a kind of a research of, of families. This last summer, 45% less Icelanders traveled out of the country. Mm-hmm. Because they couldn't afford it, right? Than they did the year before. They just they just didn't travel, and they asked people, "What is it you're going to do?" And they said, "We're going to spend time together as a family. We're going to rediscover our nation. We're going to rediscover the beauty of our country. We're going to rediscover what it is to be a family." And they began to look at the family, and through all of this crisis, the family has come back together. They're they were running at this unbelievable pace they were working hours and hours and hours i mean 70 80 right. hours a week they were putting into to, to keep this thing going it was it's such a pace and mom and dad were not home the kids were latchkey kids they were sitting in front of their computers mm-hmm. well now they can't afford to have all of this stuff they have to cut back and right. they cut down on the on the phone use and cut down on the computer use and cut down on this and traveling and going and running and 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 everything. They're coming home to eat dinner together as a family. They're gathering together around the family table and playing games instead of going to the movies and, and going out and drinking and carousing on the weekends. They're they're taking trips, you know, into the country and going picnic in the in the in our beautiful nature. And they said the family has rediscovered itself. And I'm saying, Praise God for that. And uh-huh. so in the midst of all of this uh, economic uh, whirlwind that we're in, this tornado that has just devastated our economics, out of all of this, people are going to church. They're discovering family. They're they're exercising and walking together because it, it don't cost anything to do that. They're they're staying home. It, it's 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
and listening to Christian, think, listening to Christian radio and Christian television. Yeah, listening to Christian radio, watching, yeah, watching the Christian programs. Uh, we're giving away DVDs and CDs and stuff of of Christian material, the Jesus film and another series we've done, and 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 we're just giving them away to people so they have something to watch that's good and wholesome, and they're taking them home and. Instead of renting a ten-dollar video, they're watching this video, and we say, "Oh, this is great!" You know, so yeah, it all has a plan. It all has a, it all has a purpose, and we just need to realize that and look around, be aware of what's going on. Don't stick your head in the sand, but just look around and say, "This is what's happening." Now let me look up and draw my strength from the Lord. So it sounds like to me that God has blessed Iceland, from what you've he just is. said. Yeah, he's he's turning it around. He he's 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 going to do a great job there, and and it's been prophesied and spoken over Iceland through the years that that from Iceland the world would be touched, uh, and we would evangelize, uh, and the light would go out from Iceland to the rest of the world, and we're looking forward to that. Well, would you that tell them that at, at least I was touched, that at least that got started through one person, and I bet you most of our listeners, you could count as a fulfillment of that prophecy as well. Mm. But we, we, we need your prayers. We do need the prayers, and, and, and we need, you know, people to stand with us in prayer and, and however else they, you know, God right. lays it on our heart. To stand together for America. Stand together for the world. The world is suffering. Mm-hmm. And God is concerned about the world. And that's why he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right. We can't just be happy, you know. Reaching in our four walls, you know, us four no more, you know, that we got to reach out to the world. <laughs> now, you know, now it, it, pa- Power Marks is the superhero, right? Yeah, Power Marks is the superhero. I think yeah. Power Power Marks would uh, pray at a time like this. So can yeah. I lead us in a prayer like Power Marks would do uh, for your ministry and for the people of Iceland? Oh, please do. Heavenly Father, I come before you and, and I ask all of our listeners to join with me in prayer right now. Uh, for, for Brother Mike Fitzgerald and for his wife and their family and for the whole Linden family of, of brethren and for the church in Iceland and for all of the wonderful people, the men, women, and children of Iceland, Lord, that are precious in your sight, that are created in your image, that are having difficult times financially right now, possibly perplexed over how to pay the bills, uh, how to meet essential needs they have, having to make painful choices. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you would continue to find a way that they would see the blessing behind what you've done uh, in the work that's there, or or even what's been done just simply through the short-sightedness of all of us in the modern world, uh, that that you will work through all things, uh, whatever it is, that you will work through all things for your glory and your power, as your word says. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for our brethren who are standing tall and changing an entire nation and a culture. That will in turn turn around and change their part of the world and throughout the world. I pray that that our brethren in America and other nations would learn this lesson, that we would hear it sooner rather than later, that we could turn around, put our hearts towards you, get our hearts away from material things and on kingdom business and work. The sooner the better, the, the less painful it will be and the more useful we will be for yes. your kingdom. Lord, I just pray that you would touch every aspect of their ministry, that fruit would be born, that you would meet their needs or material needs. If you lay on the heart of our listeners to help in a financial way of their ministry or, or whatever way you may see fit to make them a regular part of their prayer list, I just pray that you would do that work and lay that on the heart of our listeners. Uh, p- please help the 
people of Iceland and, and the church workers and the people of Linden be of good courage and be of good faith and know that their brothers and sisters in America are lifting them forward in prayer. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We pray a blessing, too, Father, upon Mike Bend and all these, Father, that are involved with this radio ministry here in America. We pray that you will bless them and touch them. Father, you will just let your spirit flow through them to speak into the hearts and the minds and the spirits of the people. Father, that they would open their ears and open their hearts, open their spirits to hear what you have to say. Father, that they would heed the advice that they get from different individuals that speak to them. I thank you for this opportunity, Father, to share. And I just ask, Father, that you will take the words that have been said, the words that have been shared between us, Lord, that they would be uplifting and encouraging to people. But more than that, that people would look up to you and draw strength from you. And we'll give you thanks for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Mike, it, I appreciate the opportunity to share with you well, on Future Quake. Well, and, uh, you've, talked to you Doctor, get, yeah, you've talked to Dr. Future and the Futurians out of Future Quake, and we hope you'll come back and keep us updated. Can I ask you one last question about your future? Can you give us a little hint on what you've got up your sleeve, what the Lord's laid on your heart for the future of your ministry? Well, one of the things that we're going to continue to do is to encourage people to pray and to uh, get involved in the church, to get involved in in the ministry. And one of the things, uh, another thing that we're planning to do is we are uh, going to be doing more television work to be broadcast into Europe uh, okay. from Iceland. Uh, that is one of the next things on our agenda. Uh, to, we're putting together now uh, an IPTV station, uh, Internet Protocol TV from Iceland. And we'll also be broadcasting through the Sky uh, Satellite into Europe on Gospel Channel. Uh, and it's, it's just a, a gospel TV station that's going into Europe. And we mm-hmm. have uh, acquired some time. They have actually given us time to be on there. Uh, it's an mm-hmm. Icelandic uh, group that owns it. And uh, they, they have asked us to come on and to do a show. And we're going to go on with a show mm-hmm. my wife and I call Brand New Day. Praise the and, Lord. And uh, just bring some words of hope and encouragement, and and try to yeah try to encourage mm-hmm. people to look up, just now, to look up. It's a great day. It's a you, good day to be alive. It's a good day to know the Lord. Praise the and, Lord. Man, it and really pa- is. And particularly today, can, can I ask you? Do, do you do some of your programming in English or uh, we, some we portion? Don't, we will this yeah. The, what we'll be broadcasting to Europe will be in English. Okay. Uh, I, uh, our, Iceland, our Iceland radio station is majority, well, almost all of it, is in uh, in Icelandic. That's yes. the broadcast laws. Yes. It has to be done. The spoken word has to be in Icelandic. Okay. Or if it's another language, we have to translate it. Okay. So it's very difficult. So we have to create about 45% of our broadcast day every day. <laughs> we have to. Okay. It's a lot of work. Well, we I want a lot of wonderful people. I want to tell the listeners us. to go over and listen. I, I went and I'll have your link at futurepoint.com. I want them to listen to it. I listened to the Christian music, and I was so blessed uh-huh. by the Christian music on that I listened to it. I just want to encourage oh, people great. to do that. Contribute where you can, ladies and gentlemen. And I would also suggest, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Pastor Mike, is that if if people would like to find a place where their vacation dollar would stretch. It'd be another way to bless the people of Iceland to go over and and take a vacation over there. Uh, use your oh, American definitely. dollar to 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 stir the stir the tourism up. And when you get in that taxi cab, tell tell the taxi driver that God sent you over there because of how wonderful the Icelandic people are. And Amen. you've heard wonderful things about 
God's people in Iceland uh, and about the, the Linden people here and that you've come to be a blessing to the people in Iceland. And there's a whole and host please of look ways. Up and, yeah, and, and look us up when you come. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Pastor Mike. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. We'll have your link on here, and uh, we'll be staying in touch with you. Thank you, Mike. Okay, we'll be in touch. Okay, okay Lord bless again. you. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future, and that was the conclusion of our interview with uh, Brother Mike Fitzgerald. I sure hope you support his ministry. Uh, we will have a link to it, linden.is. Please listen to it and uh, see if you can support it in some kind of way. And if you'd like to contact us, here's Murr to tell you how to contact us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests, are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. We've got to go, but until tomorrow, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Mighty Full Bionic. Mighty full. Yes. You had a good meal before you came to the show? Uh, we're actually some friends of mine. My parents, have, well, my parents have been in town, but a bunch of friends and everything right. have been in town. And I've had an insane amount of eating going on the last eight days. Well, I'm sure our guests or listeners are more than happy to hear about that. I can't, Welcome. I can't even move. <laughs> Welcome to you. Today's Friday, which means one thing. If you can think through your uh, total... Uh, I need a padded chair. <laughs> Your bacchanalian uh, um, feast. Uh, let's see. What does Friday mean? Friday means that um, uh, uh, it's uh, tomorrow's tremors or today's future review of the news. You purposely messed that up at the end. Tomorrow's tremors or today's <laughs> review of the future's news. Sorry, man. You almost accidentally said it right. Oh, gosh. I'm so You full. must not be feeling good if you almost said it right. I Ladies had a and lot of good food. Nothing is hijinks. <laughs> it's Friday. You know, this is where we take a break mm-hmm. from uh, our intense uh, interviews that we have Monday through Thursday you and finish out the week with some intense, intense stories. <laughs> you get more intense. And I want to just thank Brother Mike Fitzgerald for being on our show um, this, uh, this past week. Um, very inspirational to me personally. I hope it was to you all as well. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but I'll, 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 I I came in here and Doctor Future was all like he had this look on his face like I was like wow boy are you okay I, I, like, I was I'm just really inspired yeah yeah I really was he really yeah. touched me yeah. a lot of shows do here for me but that one is just particularly about seeing the potential mm-hmm. when we get out of the Bible Belt and get out of the area of cultural Christianity mm-hmm. and get to places where the fields are widened to harvest yeah. and he can take anybody who makes a real commitment and make huge impact. Yeah. From what you've talked to me about in the past, you believe that for sure, don't you? Totally. I know that's the directions you're looking with. 
things that you're doing. I know. In many different ways. Well, the things that I've done here recently have mostly been consumed calories. Consumed calories? I think there's like... Well, I'm glad gluttony is the theme of today's show. There's like Ethiopia and then about the same caloric intake as me. You better eat it now. FEMA FEMA camp, they may not have the same caloric intake. There may not be a buffet there. If they cut me off tomorrow, I'd be fine for about a month. For about a month? Yeah. Yeah. And start going. I'll start a flight. They might longer. fatten you up so you can't fit under the fence for oh, the breakout. Mission accomplished. Get me a flight suit. <laughs> Make well, sure it's 2XL. Hey, by the way, we had another prayer session with our group at Revelations Radio Network. That was really good, I thought. Very inspirational. I just yeah. want to let you all know that we have some kindred shows out there. If you go to revelationsradionetwork.com, uh, you can catch them. And um, we're all trying to put it before the Lord and trying to put the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's power to guide us on what to do and to see his hand at work. Yeah. We would um we would that uh, we we obviously jealously covet your prayers uh for both uh us personally and this show and its success and just all the different time commitments especially for Dr. Future that it entails. But we also uh if you would uh pray for the spreading of this message of, you know, right. really knowing Jesus and uh in some ways this Sometimes I think that what we do is sort of like a uh, a boutique sort of a thing. It's yeah. know, people are going to be very only certain clientele. But on, then at the other times, I feel like uh, the problem is is that more everybody should yeah. be listening to what we do. You know, a lot of what we say sort of tries to speak to people like us who've grown up in church culture to to look at things a different way. Speak for yourself. But I know. <laughs> but also, it can be a way that people who are outside of the church culture can come from an avenue of respect. Mm-hmm. They're not hearing the same old same old. Somebody mm-hmm. standing behind a pulpit saying the same things. They get a little different way. Yeah. And so one way you all can help out there, uh, I know we need to get to our news, but one way you can help is actually tell your friends and your family members and neighbors to check it out. Mm-hmm. I know some of you all on email say that you're doing that, and I really appreciate it. But try to spread the word. You know, if you have a link to a show you mm-hmm. like, go put it on your email list and send it around. Put the link on there where people can get to it. At least some of them may check it out, and we'll get new people. Most of the people I've met, if I can get them to listen a few times, they stick around typically. Yeah. And I'm amazed that a lot of our listeners, they go back and listen to our whole virtual inventory of five years of shows. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it really is. It amazes me. Yeah. Let me share just a really quick email from somebody before we get okay. on the stories. Let's, let's go quick, though. Okay, I'll be quick. This is from um, our, our new friend Kenny uh, from Scotland. Uh, he says, uh, Hi, brothers. Been working my way through your past shows online since finding you chaps via the Revelation Radio Network site last month. I've got to say, I really love the way you do your thing. With an A. Great, yes. <laughs> some great conversations and good crack, as we say in Scotland. Because with some of the news out there, if you don't laugh, you just cry. Boy, no kidding. Your man Merv is a bit of an enigma. I've got this picture in my head that he just permanently stands in the studio broom cupboard, ready and psyched up for his 24-hourly emergence for the announcement duty. Perfect every time, by the way. He's definitely becoming a bit of a cult hero in our household. I think some Merv t-shirts are in order, actually. In all seriousness, though, I do want to thank you for your sterling efforts in getting out the important news items into our homes and your work on behalf of our king. Believers over here really rely on our American family for godly broadcasting, and I'm particularly grateful that you guys are quite inclusive of current affairs and guests like my fellow Celt, Patrick Heron, outside the boundaries of the USA. May the Holy Spirit continue to lift you up and empower you for his ministry. Your bro in Jesus, Kenny. Word to the word to the hinterland. So we got a Futurian 
brother out there in Scotland. I want to thank you for emailing. I want to thank all the other people emailing. I read every email. Mm-hmm. I'm just still catching up on responding to people, mm-hmm. but the information is very useful, there and I appreciate go. it. Yeah, okay, man. you want cool. to share something? I do, actually. Um, this is via the Washington Times. The article is called Criminalizing Everyone, uh, and it goes a little like this. You don't need to know. You can't know. That's what Kathy Norris, a 60-year-old grandmother of eight, was told when she tried to ask court officials why the day before federal agents had subjected her home to a furious search. The agents, who spent a half a day ransacking, ransacking Miss Norris's longtime home in Spring, Texas, answered no questions while they emptied file cabinets, pulled books off shelves, rifled through drawers and closets, and threw the contents on the floor. The six agents, wearing SWAT gear and carrying weapons, were, were with, get this, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Kathy and George Norris lived under the specter of a covert government investigation for almost six months before the government unsealed a secret indictment and revealed why the Fish and Wildlife Service had treated their family home as if there were a training base for suspected terrorists. Answer? No, what? Orchids. Ah, That's right. Now I understand. Orchids. Uh... By March 2004, federal prosecutors were well on their way to turning the 66-year-old retiree George Norris into an inmate in a federal penitentiary based on his home-based business of cultivating, importing, and selling orchids. Ms. Norris testified before the House Judiciary Subcommittee on, on Crime this summer. The hearing's topic, the rapid and dangerous expansion of federal criminal law, an expansion that is often unprincipled and highly partisan. Uh, Chairman Robert C. Scott, Virginia Democrat, and ranking member Louis Gohmert, uh, conducted a truly bipartisan hearing. We'll see about that. Two, for these, these two leaders have begun giving voice to the increasing number of experts who worry about overcriminalization. Mr. Mr. Norris ended up spending almost two years in prison because he didn't have the proper paperwork for some, not all, some of the many orchids he imported. The orchids were all totally legal, but Mr. Norris and the overseas shippers who had packaged the flowers had failed to properly navigate the many and often irrational paperwork requirements the U.S. imposed when it implemented an arcane international treaty's new restrictions on trade in flowers and other flora. The judge who sentenced, and this is the killer, the judge who sentenced Mr. Norris had some advice for him and his wife. Sometimes, life sometimes presents us with lemons. Their job was, yes, turn lemons into lemonade. And then he sent him away to prison for two years over orchids. So let me get this right. This guy shows up in prison for this extended stay, and they say, what are you in for, bud? Is it manslaughter? Is it, you know, kidnapping? Mm-hmm. Importing orchids for two years. That were happened to be legal, but he just couldn't. Everything was so ridiculously complicated, they just said, oh, look, at, he didn't cross an I or dot a T. So if Call he, the SWAT team. If he killed the guy at the door. It may have gotten a briefer. Sentence. Oh yeah, well, it's it's funny we it's funny we're talking about this because you know Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. There's a huge right. move on him getting right uh, sort of a sentence for time served, and I, I realize that is a complicated judicial matter. No uh, orchids were involved though in his no, no, molestation just, of a 13 year old. Yeah, uh, well, conspiracy to and conspiracy to do this whole criminal act mm-hmm. uh, with a mother who wanted to get her daughter into show business, and you know. But you have some orchids, man. It's like, wow. You know, the Bible talks about when there's injustice in the land, and that's when he turns his face against it. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. in the church focus on things like, well, 
we have our favorite pet moral issues, mm-hmm. certain handful of them. And mm-hmm. if they don't do that, you know, if they take away prayer in schools or something like that, then that's the end all be all. Mm-hmm. But here we have wanton injustice like that. Where are the Christians outside protesting? Where where are the Christian groups calling on the phone saying, look, there's injustice like this going on. We as Christians have a responsibility. You read the Old Testament. It's totally ridiculous. That kind of thing right there is the very thing that God judged Israel over. It's totally. That activity. I know, I know, I know. It's totally ridiculous. I had a guy, I was telling him about uh, this story and the whole Hardin Montana situation, which we actually reviewed here two months ago almost. Right. and they were ridiculing me over it. They were saying, this hard in Montana. The people would rise up if what you're telling me is true. Yeah. People would be out in the streets with guns. Mm-hmm. And I said, why aren't they there now? I said, look at your email. I sent you like five links to videos of the local newscast. And he's like, I don't need to look at that. I can just tell you that this whole thing is crazy. So basically what they're saying is, I don't want to have to deal with that. Oh, yeah. Totally. I don't want to have to deal with it. I'm comfortable in my world the way it is. And then they tried. It's funny because then they tried... Uh, as their way to make it go away, tried ridicule. Yeah. You know, where they're saying, well, I heard that, I heard that your man there reporting is like a Jesuit temporal coagitator. <laughs> well, and I heard the Knights of Columbus are really, uh, are, are really you know, assassin hit teams from the planet Nabooru. You know what? This, this is something <laughs> that happened when, when they did this to the gospel preached. Yeah. And the Bible says you just shake the dust off your feet and you move on. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You, you've done what you can. You try to be the prophets. They used to preach about injustice. Mm-hmm. They used to preach about unjust courts, unjust uh, religious officials, and things like this. Passing God's word, God would give them mm-hmm. the word. They'd pass it on, and the people would laugh at them just the same way. Yeah, awesome. I'm well, not saying you're quite up there, say Zechariah, but yeah, I'd let say me pretty uh, close. call me Jeremiah. Pretty close. Tom um, Jeremiah by might be sawn in two one day with the prophets. <laughs> They're gonna have to get a big saw because I'm full. Of, yeah, I'm full of steak. Okay, would you like to hear a story from me? Yeah, hit me with something happy and uplifting. This is from a uh, online uh, news source called My Way, and they get it from. This is from the AP Associated Press, mm-hmm. uh, Dateline Pittsburgh. Do you remember when they started des- developing these anti-terrorism weapons for Iraq? They had these, I have old stories from early days of Future Quake where yeah. they came up with these novel ways for crowd control, but it was to be used for severe terrorists. And I remember trying saying, to kill our troops. I remember, I remember us saying specifically here on the show, yeah. saying, they're going to take this weapon and they're going to bring it home and use it on the American people. And that's what your story is yeah. about. Am yeah. I right? You're a prophet. I told you. I told you you're a prophet. <laughs> Somebody go Amazing. get a saw. I've got to get, okay. get sawn in half. Associated Press. <clears throat> Police ordered protesters to disperse at the Group of 20 Summit last week, and it's in Pittsburgh, uh-huh. with a device that can beam ear-splitting alarm tones and verbal instructions that the manufacturer likens to a spotlight of sound, but that legal groups called potentially dangerous. Yeah. The device, called a long-range acoustic device, or LRAD, concentrates voice commands and a car alarm-like sound in a 30- or 60-degree cone that can be heard nearly two miles away. It's about two feet square and mounted on a swivel such that one person can point it where it's needed. The volume measures 140 to 150 decibels three feet away, louder than a jet engine, but it dissipates with distance. Robert Putnam, spokesman for the manufacturer, San Diego-based American Technology Corporation, says it's like a big spotlight of sound that you can shine on people. It's not a sonic cannon. It's not a death ray or anything like that, Putnam says. It's about long-range communications being heard intelligibly. Yeah. Okay. Like a car alarm or... Wee, wee, wee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have the same effect on people. I'm sure when 
when we're trying to speak intelligently, they just fall to the floor and grab their ears. Yeah, except pain. Except uh, unlike the uh, Pittsburgh cops who used yeah. tactics like the pincher movement of getting all the people in and mm-hmm. then slamming the door shut and then blasting them with the yeah. with the ray gun, we actually let people escape. Well, we do, except when we use our boredom weapon on them. Yeah. It says, during the Pittsburgh protest, police used the device to order demonstrators to disperse and to play a high-pitched deterrent tone designed to drive people away. It was the first time the device was used in a riot control situation on U.S. soil, according to American technology and police. Those who heard it said authorities' voice commands were clear and sounded if they were coming from everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. They described the deterrent tone as unbearable. Joel, uh, Joel Kupperman, who was at Thursday's march as a legal observer for the National Lawyers Guild, said he was overwhelmed by the tone and called it overkill. When people were moving, and they still continue to use it, it was an excessive use of weaponry, Kupferman said. Uh, uh, Withold Walzak, legal director for the American Civil Liberties Union in Pennsylvania, said the device is a military weapon capable of producing permanent hearing loss, something he called an invitation to an excessive force lawsuit. Mm-hmm. The operator of the device is usually behind it, not in the path of the beam. Uh, Catherine Palmer, director of audiology at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, said 140 decibels can cause immediate hearing loss, but there's no way to know if anyone exposed to sounds that loud without knowing how far they were. Mm-hmm. Uh they said uh, Putnam and public safety officials said the complaints proved the device worked as designed. So if they're talking about excessive and overkill, it's like, yeah, yeah that's what we, we designed. Yeah. That whole thing was crazy as a look, quick little well, aside. It says, if you had to put your hand over your ears and cover them, then it's difficult to throw stuff. Mm-hmm. It's even difficult to have lawful demonstrations with signs and pickets and things like that. I too. know, but they it's even more difficult when you're stuff. shooting tear gas into into the dorm rooms and stuff that they've, you know. Well, they got talk. what they, they did. What they did, mm-hmm. um, they said. Uh, let's see here. Uh, aware of concerns of the volume, police were careful to use it about 12 feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it says a regional counter terrorist task force bought four of the devices for 101 thousand dollars in federal homeland security funds. So that's our money. It's mm-hmm. 101 grand of money going to be able to do this to people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, such devices have military and commercial applications. Uh, it's been used against protesters overseas and police in New York. Mm-hmm. Threatened to use it during demonstrations near the Republican National Convention in 2004. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking those are the ones that Alex Jones uncovered. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, oh, the city of San Diego uses it to instruct people to leave large sections of the beach after festivals. It's also been used in SWAT operations. It is a controlled beam. Yeah. It's a tight beam. Mm-hmm. Uh Oh, and it says, oh, it's for ships to hail approaching vessels. Yeah. So, anyway. It says, oh, the people exposed to the device, they probably expose themselves to sounds nearly as loud at rock concerts. And it says, and then the ACLU says, people don't flee the front row of a rock concert. Why would they be fleeing here? Because it's painfully loud. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, talking about a weapon being like, oh, it's no big deal. It's like... I, it, it sounds ridiculous to me. It's like, well, you know, we used our 50 cal machine gun to hail a ship over there. We just lobbed a few rounds over at them. Do you remember when I read about Patton and his his? It's in his archives. Mm-hmm. Patton wrote this thing after the the bonus army was wiped out. The, our veterans and he said, mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gotta kill a few of them, lay in front of them. That'll send a message to them. That whole thing, that whole Pittsburgh thing in particular, is ridiculous. The the amount and level of uh, accusations that have been leveled at the police for of excessive force 
Uh, there's been multiple people said, I was working in my dorm room and a tear gas canister came through the window. You know? Hmm. <laughs> it's like... You know, I'm I'm not anti-police. That's a hard job. I mean, uh, in, um, bad guys have a lot of money and a lot of mm-hmm. things they do whatever sure. they want. It's a rough, rough, rough job. But, as we but just I don't reviewed, see how this is furthers their cause but as by we, just doing this kind of stuff. As we just reviewed earlier, they're going after people who import orchids and violent offenders... People who commit grievous sexual crimes uh, get out on time-served plea deals. That's right. That's right. That's ridiculous. That mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Now, if you do really bad stuff like child prostitution, they give you government contracts. They, yep. And you can go provide That's, security yeah. overseas. Yeah. Yes. And um, although, well, I don't. We could get into that. I've <laughs> got another story out. for us. Um, the kidnapping of a terrorist suspect is too grave a crime to be covered up just to protect government secrets. Uh, a prosecutor declared Wednesday in the trial of 26 Americans and seven Italians charged in the ad- abduction of an Egyptian cleric. Uh, do you remember this story? I don't know if you heard about this. We may not have reviewed it. I know it was in my stack, but I yeah. don't know if I got to it. Uh, the CIA uh, went and uh, went, they decided they needed to get this Egyptian national who was living in Italy. Yeah. And so rather than clear it with the Italian government or mm-hmm. really anybody in particular, they just they went to the mob and uh, put themselves up in really nice hotels, grabbed the guy, then flew him to, I think it was Turkey or something. It says later on in the article and tortured So that presumes him. they have regular contacts with the mob if they know who to get a hold of yeah, for it, it. The whole thing is very, is very very weird. Like, they denied it for a year, and then the ho- they stayed in the nicest, pretty much the nicest hotel in that area yeah. and signed all of their stuff. They didn't use fake names. They just gave, would oh. give people their business card that said CIA director or ah, analyst or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was, it was, it was. They were saying we didn't do it, and then the Italian prosecutors. And well, how come your business card showed up <laughs> in? Uh, it's it's just yeah. like wow. Yeah. It so was, what's the update? Um. Well, the so up- they hauled this guy off. So they the parts unknown. Yeah, they hauled him off to parts unknown, and uh, there's allegations that they tortured him in secret prisons and stuff. Well, of course. Uh, yeah. But uh, of course, the CIA is saying we don't. We have, don't cover that up. We, we we're proud we don't of do that. We're proud of our <laughs> yeah. secret prisons and torture. We. No big Certain deal. Political parties. Here we go. You like Thailand? Mm-hmm. You're going there, although you're not going to see a whole lot of it. Particularly evangelical leaders. Been yes. very supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had stories where evangelicals and polls are much more supportive of torture than the regular public. You know what's interesting? Uh, I was having a conversation with some people Sunday morning, uh, reviewing a lot of this stuff, and you would just a guy you would never ever believe who would be know this stuff. I was reviewing a lot of this stuff, and he said we don't need to. Uh, this was the Christian Bluegrass Association. I was mm-hmm. talking to some of the yeah. guys there. He said, "We don't need to fear the Muslims. We need to fear the New Age and the people that are infiltrating our church." Mm-hmm. And this is like this eighty-year-old dude, wow. you know, golf shorts and yeah, you know, very, wow. you know, uh, you know why? It's because he's that old. Maybe? Yeah. Because he's he maybe actually got to read some books when he was young. And yeah, didn't have TV crammed in his brain at a young age like you yeah. and I. I almost fell over. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, we don't, Muslims, they may be a threat, but they're not like what they we're They have to out. get in line with, with our own yeah. people yeah, here. we need to deal with the with New the... Age infiltrating the church first. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was re- really cool, actually, mm-hmm. refreshing. Um, that's actually something, we could almost do a show on that whole conversation. But mm-hmm. let me get back to the rest of this article. Prosecutor Armando Spataro 
gave his closing arguments in a trial that is the first in any country to scrutinize the CIA's extraordinary renditions. Under that program, the U.S. spy agency transferred terrorism suspects to third countries for interrogation. Human rights advocates say that renditions were the CIA's way to outsource the torture of prisoners, prisoners to countries where torture was practiced. Italian prosecutors said Egyptian cleric Osama uh, Mustafa Hassan Nasir, um, or Nasser, uh, a, suspect, a suspected terrorist, also known as Abu Omar, uh, was kidnapped from Milan Street in broad daylight on February 17, 2003. Uh, Nasser was then allegedly driven from Milan to Aviano Air Base in Italy, uh, flown to the Ramstein Air Base in southern Germany and then to Egypt, where he was allegedly tortured. Uh, Nasser has been released but remains in Egypt and has not testified at the trial. The CIA has declined to comment on the case, all the Americans are being tried in absentia and are considered fugitives. The Italian government has denied any involvement, and all defenders have denied the charges. It's like, it's mm. <laughs> like I said, one guy left us. One guy mm. left like uh, a business card, and they're going. If these, they're going. They're not CIA people. He's going. If they're not CIA mm -hmm. people, why is his business card yeah. in his room? Yeah. You know the facts don't. They don't. People don't want the facts to confuse them. Let's not get in the way of good, solid. Yes, yeah, the tip of the people. iceberg right now. Oh yeah. You know we're Americans. We can do whatever we please. We're not, I, we don't need to let facts get in the way of the middle of anything. We got to go. Mike, I came from that thinking. I mean, that that, that kind of thinking was my thinking just a few years ago. We got to go. We got to. It's a cold war. We got to. We're going to get, get them before they gotta get go us. Get them. No telling how many enemies we make. You, yeah. you got time for a little quick one for me? Hit it. Uh, exposed American police force group is a Blackwater Front group. Uh, this is an InfoWars. One of the few media groups that actually I heard took he's this effort on. temporal coagitator. <laughs> well, you know what? USA Today and a few of the mainstream news got on the tail end of the story after the story was over. Wow. Like yeah. like those cops in the movies that always show up when, after you've apprehended the bad person. I don't think super weird. Uh, I, wonder if, I wonder if Will Grigg made it out there. He did. We can ask him about it. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, it says the uh, American Police Force website page clearly states that they run the Blackwater-controlled U.S. Training Center. Uh, it was taken offline and it's back online at AmericanPoliceGroup.com slash special. American Police Force is the paramilitary unit patrolling a small town in Montana, uh, hard Montana, that has been exposed as being a front group for the disgraced private military contractor Blackwater, now called XZ. Mm -hmm. uh, We've been hearing on the Infowars where mm -hmm. they've actually been interviewing them on site. Mm -hmm. uh, they got like the mayor and all these other people on their payroll. Mm -hmm. Got them as fronts for the company. Yeah. Got one of the main reporters of the local newspaper. Mm -hmm. Bought her. She came on board, and all she would say when they would ask her, uh, "Who, who, who's your parent company?" She said, "Yeah, there is one, but I can't tell you." Yeah. And, and they're wondering why they they had any kind of issues of people being suspicious about them because. They couldn't even say who ran them. It, it says... Well, uh, and that guy came out. It's probably reviewed in the article. That guy, they did a search on his name. He's got like 10 aliases and a bunch of convictions, uh, money laundering, drug smuggling, uh, DUIs in various states. Right. right. One in Wyoming. Yeah. Well, this story was broken not just by Infowars, but a bunch of citizens who mm -hmm. went back and used their expertise yep. and everything. And there was a group of guys that could get online mm -hmm. and get behind certain firewalls in software mm -hmm. and found out that this American police force group that had taken over this town had had on their website and tried to take it down, but they got it, mm -hmm. that they operated something called... Uh, 
the U.S. Training Center, mm-hmm. which provides a wide range of instruction and training for law enforcement organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, th- the address for it was in Mayock, New York, P.O. Box 1029. Mm-hmm. Turns out uh, our friends at Blackwater, which mm-hmm. now are known as XE, Blackwater USA, have the same facility, the U.S. Training Center at P.O. Box 1029, Mayock, New York. Mm-hmm. So... We have clear evidence that it's the same people. The mm-hmm. parent organization running this is the disgraced Blackwater group. Uh, it now has yeah. a federal court case. Yeah, well, they actually, I read today that they were thinking about suing American Police Force because they said they're not affiliated. In other words, they didn't cover it up good enough. They're getting after them because yeah, they the, didn't cover the it up. Thing, the whole thing's out. totally goofy. Now the, the, we have the uh, Attorney General Montana coming in, yeah. finding out there's been widespread fraud. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll open that up to uh, faith-based organizations like... You know, they've thought they've talked about uh, Blackwater. You think you might let us know sometime about that? Yeah, I think, I think uh, you I'm may doing some research on that. Yeah. All right. Well, someone else who needs to come in is Merv to tell our listeners how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're in the last few seconds here, bud. That Never enough time. I know. I, More stories. I than just we get have all time. wound up, and then it's like the time's over. I know. Sorry. Come back next week. We have another fantastic guest uh, next week for you to hear. But until then, we hope your future's always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake.